Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. Oh, that intro is so wonderful. Even when Nick's not here, he gets the attention and the credit for being in the show. Ben, you're filling in for Nick tonight. He's traveling to Waco. How's it going? Uh, I'm Evan, and I'm doing great. <laughs> Bevan Kearney. That's yeah. what I call them, Bevan Kearney. I, I, Ben's here, assistant producer. I don't know why. It's the it's the name in my head. I have, like, dyslexia, and yeah. I'm not. I'm kind of joking. But. I've just been gone for so long, and Ben's been your only company that uh, he's just taken over. And then Nick's not. Yeah, it's all just a combination. So anyways, that's great. You're back. We're going to talk about that. You were there with your feet on the ground at LVC. We have a special guest in studio tonight. You want to throw that up, Ben? We have Steve Dodge, everybody. Hey, how's it going, Steve? Hi, Mom. Hey, you got a microphone. You can actually say hi, Mom. In hi, there. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, uh, you are here because we're going to talk about a lot of cool things, but we've actually twisted your arm. You're actually going to be here the full show, right? And I think that I'm the reason that we're running late, and I'd like to apologize for that. But if I can jump right in, I've got our first listener poll. Okay? okay. Is that okay? Um, I brought the reason that, I, that we're starting late. I brought ice cream for everybody. Throw this so in YouTube, Ben. I feel like everybody needs to vote on what their favorite ice cream is. And if one of you guys wants one of these, I brought us each a pint. <laughs> it's a two-hour show, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. All right. So uh, we got the Tonight Dough. Who wants Tonight Dough? All right, I'll take right. the tonight dough. <laughs> Matt's getting right, the tonight Matt's dough. With the tonight. Is, anybody, is anybody dairy free? <laughs> All the All right. dairy. Because I got dairy. We got mint oh. mint chocolate. Uh, that's got to be me, Ben. All right. You good All with right. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's the second one. We Do go. we have spoons? We, yeah, I brought spoons. <laughs> uh, we got, this is dairy free cookie dough for anybody out there. It's going to sit here and melt. So there's nobody. Okay. Everybody loves dairy free, right? All right. This is why we're late, people. Americone Dream is third. Ben, you like Americone Dream? I'll try. I've never had it. It's my favorite. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, then, then you have it. That's right. It's your favorite. Oh, this is my other favorite. And then fish food. Uh, which do you prefer? <laughs> I'll, t I'll take fish food. All right. I think you won out the on that one. The chat's saying it's a trap. All right. And then here we go. Pass the spoons around. Thank you. Uh, the chat's saying spoon. Steve just won Nick's spot on the show. <laughs> so, um... These all have to be empty by the end of the show. Oh, oh all right. Man. So, all right. thank you all. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. He's actually done. He just walks out. Epic. So he does have a microphone. We'll see if we can get him to remember when he talks to pick it up. But tonight's show, first of all, excellent intro. That's the best intro we've ever had, I think. I'm not going out. It's not a hot take. I think that's real. <laughs> that makes me laugh, but it's real. <clears throat> so... <laughs> There's the chats going wild, Steve. What an entrance. Okay. Vibram guy. Someone said, who the heck is that guy? Okay. <laughs> We're going to get... Ice cream man. <laughs> Ice cream man. We're going to get into some of these topics here. That was the introduction. We're a little behind, as Steve said. I don't, I don't blame it on him. We actually had a lot here that we were scrambling on the end to make work. We have special guests tonight coming in. New England women's disc golf. We're giving them some love. Uh, new disc golf. N-E-W-D-G. Look them up on Instagram. We'll have them on three... Um, I believe FPO players, although we'll find that out. Definitely New England women's disc golf players. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Evan, so as you take a bite of ice cream, yeah. this is going to be fun tonight. Um, you were at LVC. You were there. You walked for both FPO portions, I'm sure, and MPO. What was your favorite part about LVC? Ooh, that's I, a I didn't prepare this. Question. Yeah, that's the a favorite one. part. 
Um, I'll start with what I was like most surprised with is um, I, I think LVC gets a little bit of a bad rap for being a boring course. And I will say being there on the ground, that is a beautiful property. Uh, very cool. And there are a lot of cool holes, I think, just because there's so many that, you know, sometimes they kind of blend together just because it's one tournament once every year and there's 54 holes, a lot to remember. But I really enjoyed it. And being on the ground, now they're really memorable, memorable to me. It ended up being really cool holes that I actually enjoyed watching and seeing multiple times play out. Um, so I, I might go with that. I mean, it was also just great being there and, and seeing those both finishes in person was pretty awesome. Uh, especially since I was, we were trying to do stats all at the same time and going into the final hole, uh, for Paige Pierce and Katrina Allen was like, already had it ready. I think they had, where, where were you standing? Uh, when that hole played out, which side tee pad or basket? I think we were at the tee pad when they teed off and then. We ran, ran up. Yeah, I think <laughs> we ran, ran past as they're going up, and then we like got out of bounds to the right where all the fans were, um, because we like just got the stat that um, if they went to a playoff, it would have been I think the ninth time, or they already had done it nine times. I think they already had done it nine times. This would have been the tenth playoff uh, between the two, or between the two and elite and majors. I forget the whole the <laughs> the filters of it. It was wild, but had that already, and we're like it's going to a playoff, and then unfortunately, Paige goes ob. Katrina wins it in stellar fashion, similar to Worlds, which is kind of crazy, um, and was still an amazing finish. Just was like, ah, oh, we had a cool thing. We were like crunching the numbers, like right in the live, you know, flip going back and forth. Um, and then the same thing happened uh, with the uh, on the men, uh, men's side. We had all the cool stats for Gannon Burr, you know, like first cash to first elite win. Um and then just unfortunately goes OB. And then as soon as he goes OB, before it even finished, we're like, oh, no, we got to look up, like, you know, playoff stuff. No, you look up stuff for Drew. And so I literally just like we were just walking around with my laptop in a hot spot. So I just dropped down right there on the middle, middle of the fairway 18 about where people would lay up as they're tapping out. Just like already like trying to find stuff. It was like sunny. Um, they like started throwing off before we even got stuff. We were like standing on the green of three. So then we had to hop off the green of three when it got the second hole moved on. So it was, it was really exciting doing all that stuff live, but it was a little bit hectic just being there on the grounds, but you got to see it as it happened. So it was cool. I love that recap. And as you're doing that, and Steve happens to be on camera every now and then the best part is Steve doesn't know <laughs> when he's on camera. Cause I forgot to turn that monitor on. <clears throat> okay. So someone said, Steve, and your reaction to this would be excellent. They said, Steve reminds me, which first of all reminds me, I don't think is the right tense for this, but Steve reminds me of a Nate Sexton in 10 years. <laughs> uh, Nate Sexton, I apologize. <laughs> I just feel like that was hilarious. I don't know how it reminds him of that, but <clears throat> reminds his past tense, right? Mike, incorrect? He reminds you of Nate Sexton in 10 years. I, I think we all get what he's saying. And uh, again, I, I apologize to Nate. That is, uh, I think that's a benefit to me. I, I have a good Nate Sexton on the ground story if we have time. Okay, for it. let's do it. So we were, what was that? That was round three when the cut line drama was happening. Um, I don't even remember where we were. I think we had like a long lunch and then we went out to go catch lead card. Our lead card was already on. I, I forget everything was happening, but we were watching that getting stats for both Kale and Nate. If they both missed, if they both got it, just all that stuff. There's a lot of drama with that, which was really interesting to watch. Uh, we got over right when Kale ended up tapping out to he just I think he got a bogey on that hole and unfortunately looked 
out of it and ended up being out of the cut line. So that was like, just saw him right after. And he was just like sitting there, like kind of didn't know where to go. And I kind of felt really bad. Like, like what an icon of the sport, um, which I think he came back last week and had a, had a great finish or had a great couple rounds of Memorial. Um, but uh, then we saw Sexton coming up and Sexton was, it was looking like he was out of it too. You think he was four strokes back birdie the last four. And we saw his like final, final throw, like super clutch, just forehand shot, you know, parks it on the green. Um, no video footage of that, which kind of is almost a shame. Like I wish there was, cause that was so exciting being there on the ground. Uh, when Nate taps out his putt, you know, like a 10 footer or so, literally the first things he says before he even grabs the disc is I haven't missed cash in 14 years. And that was just it. He was just, it was, he, I think he knew at that point he got it. He's like, not today. Uh, it was, yeah. I can imagine that. It was, yeah. it was like, he was just waiting. He's like, this is my goal today. As soon as he punched it in, he's like, I haven't missed. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And, and we were following it with kale too. And, and Dion's good, good buddies with Nate. Yeah. Um, Nate saw Dion as he was walking off and they're kind of chatting up, you know, Dion was like, nice job and everything. And then we were talking and he was just, sorry. Burping from the ice cream. <laughs> the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I already had a lot. Uh, it, and he just says like, Hey, like, yeah, kale missed it. Or we think, you know, unless something crazy happened and Nate was just like, his heart sunk. Like he felt bad, you know, yeah. now Nate's sitting in the highest active cash yep. streak. That was not on his mind. He doesn't care about being in the lead for that. Right. He felt super bad for kale. Um, I think, you know, great camaraderie between those two, uh, both before kale lost it, you know, kale had the longer total events. Nate had the longer, just purely on dates. Um, both are just amazing icons for the sport. And so he was devastated to, to hear about kale. You're, you're not wrong. Uh, yeah. Very important players to the sport. I want to do, um, cause I think we're going to push Memorial talk to after our, our next interview. And I want to involve Steve and you and even Ben in this, this question here is there was pretty, okay. We see Paige and Katrina a lot of years doing what they're doing. Sometimes it was more Paige, sometimes more Katrina. Lately, it's been a little bit more Katrina if we have recency bias, you know, worlds and whatnot, the big events. But when it comes down to the MPO side, I don't think anybody would have went into this event like making the hot take that like it's going to be Drew Gibson and Gannon Burr and like Ricky's not going to be in the final four, like, you know what I mean, the top four. And like it's going to play out that scenario. Disc golf, I feel like tends to overreact like really quickly to something like this is it. This is the new thing, right? But I want to know, is Gannon Burr, is he like, can you feel strongly and say that Gannon Burr? Yes, he is definitely here to stay. That might be easy, but he's going to be a top contender at like every event in the next five years. Like, do you feel that? What do you, what do you think about that, Steve? Uh, I think about after Idlewild saying the exact same thing about Kyle Klein um, and now Gannon Burr. And it's kind of fun because you know that in the next 15 to 20 events, there's going to be a couple of new names that we don't know about, and they're going to be the next new thing also. And I hate to say it, but there's not enough room at the top for everybody to be the next new thing, uh, which is super duper fun. Uh, but Gannon Burr, 100% seems to have the skill set. From what I understand, he is nine years old. Is that correct? <laughs> Plus seven. seven. So he might be 16 years old. Uh, my daughter just turned 16. I can't imagine the pressure that he was under 
to be on that stage to perform as amazingly as he did. Uh, he is a talent. He is here to stay. Um, I'll call it. He's going to be on the podium at every event from here on out. There you go. It's a, a, a that is what is that called? Hot take. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm sorry, I just coughed well, in the microphone. And, and I, gotta, I gotta say, I enjoy it a lot when you guys are talking, and I'm able to put this mic down and eat my ice cream. Yeah, it's super nice. We'll let you do that. I so, appreciate your take. I also think Drew is going to do pretty good this year. Oh man, we're gonna push this to talk more. I wanted your reaction, Ben, on it. We are going to push that topic because, man, Drew Gibson is a whole topic, too. Uh, yeah, what did you think? Like, uh, after watching him in person, too, like, yeah, he's, you he's, were impressed. Yeah, he's very, very good. Um, it, it just, the ending kind of felt like, I think he just kind of felt the pressure at the end. Interesting. Whole, whole 17, he just went for a complete layup. Um, it looked a little bit bad out of his hand, too, but I think that was actually just, it was, he was going super safe shot, and I just couldn't see it well. But uh, I think Drew felt like complete in command. And so even though he was too back, Drew's like, I got this. I can get a birdie or actually Eagle. I don't even know what 17's par was, but he knew he could get a two on 17. And for Gannon, that would be tough. You need a big putt. Um, and that's exactly what happened. He gets the two. Gannon can't make a 50 footer, which is very hard or 60, 70 footer, whatever it was. Uh, but I will say in a hole 18, Drew knows he's going for it. He's got a good chance. He's got the power more than almost anyone else he makes not the layup zone but like the next zone after that gannon just feels like he has to do it too and he makes it as well and that moment was like oh my goodness that was a big move because 17 felt like he was just like playing safe hoping drew didn't catch him 18 he does the exact opposite unfortunately his upshot just goes a little like barely long like it, it's not like he crushed it long it wasn't a choke. It just barely missed. Um, I think his, his poise was, was very good, even though I think he was a little bit nervous. I will say, though, like Steve was saying, it is very crowded at the top. If it, This is not a hot take. I, I, <laughs> but, like, there is a definite possibility he could not have another Disc Golf Pro Tour podium this year. Like, I think that's a possibility just because it is so crowded. He He's going to finish in the top 10 for sure. I think he's going to get better as the year goes on. Um, but there's just a chance. There's so much. It's so crowded up there. And I will say, do you know who got a podium? Finished second place last year at LVC. Was at LVC. The new thing. Just signed a big contract going into 2021. Everyone was like, this kid, I mean, he's older than Gannon is now. Is gonna crush it all season long. Anthony Bro, no, no, Ezra Aderhold. Ezra, and some people thought he cooled off to the end of the year. He still had a fantastic year. A lot of top twenty-five finishes. Uh, LVC was his best best finish. Just course suits him well. Had a really good, and then it's just hard to hard to win, hard to finish finish top five. That could be what it is for Gannon. I think Gannon's a little bit better than Ezra is. They're both very good. I think Gannon totally could win. I mean, Waco's coming up this weekend, and Waco was kind of his coming out party where he uh, made Lee card for, I think round two. So he could easily have another huge event uh, this weekend. Everyone thinks he's the greatest thing ever. And he is very good. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I think he could be a top 10 player by the end of the year. I think right now he sits around 10 to 15. All right. So we're going to, we're going to table the rest of this conversation, but definitely bring up rankings and ranking system. Okay. Um, bring that up. Because we know Steve Dodge has a system that he's worked on for a long time. 
And I know that Statmando has been working with that to make something maybe be more public, for instance. So we'll talk about that later. And Gannon Burr, Drew Gibson, all those names will be interesting to look at. Um, but you you did kind of make a hot take. You said top 10 definitely this year. So he'll definitely. have at least one more top 10 finish. I'm pretty confident with that. <laughs> I, that's I don't think that's bold. <clears throat> How many did he have last year? Just out of curiosity. I'm not saying last year is the same as this year. But I, I think to Steve's point, and this is where I'm going right before we bring in our other guest, is that the top is getting so crowded, but the top keeps shifting. So the top used to be five, and then it was 10. Like, that's what we called the top. Right. The top now, to me, if I'm giving a number, it's got to be at least 20, if not 25. I feel like if you're in that top 25 now, you're probably as good as people used to be in the top five eight years ago or 10 years ago. Well, Nate Sexton barely cashed. Kale Laviska didn't cash. Yeah. The cash line in golf, it's the cash line. Yeah. In disc golf, it's going to be the cash line. We're probably one year away from the cash line being very significant. There it is. I like that take. Uh, that's great. Uh, Evan is chewing on his cookie dough that Steve <laughs> delivered. Yeah, um, that was a huge one piece. last One last take before we bring in uh, women's disc golf. Gannonburg had two standard disc golf Pro Tour elite top 10 finishes last year. Fourth at Preserve, 10th at GMC. Also finished fifth at the Pro Tour Championship. So what is um, that, like four, five events? Uh, yeah, two, three, if you count the Tour Championship. Okay. He had an 11th place finish at Waco last year, uh, 12th place finish at Des Moines Challenge. Okay. And 12th place at USDGC. So either the top's going to get harder and he might bump a little bit or he'll do better than he did last year. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. That's a good conversation. We will talk more about it. In fact, we're going to talk about Memorial, uh, which doesn't include him, but we'll talk about Memorial uh, a little bit following this interview. We are going to go ahead and bring in Ben. Um, while the rest of us enjoy ice cream, we're going to make them talk. Um, Steve was so kind to do that for us. Uh, let's go ahead and bring in New England Women's Disc Golf, or the acronym New DG. Um, yeah, right now we've got them cropped a little bit. We'll pull them up full screen in a minute. I want to welcome to the show um, our friends here. We've got Chantal, Chantal. Okay, we went over this. I just butchered it. Chantal, Kim, and Juge. Now, if you're like Juge, yes, we know her in New England. This is where we're from. That's her nickname, Juge, Juji. We got Julie Fredella, everybody. Um, welcome to the show. Uh, let's go ahead and just let you guys have the floor here. And that's a New England term, by the way, you guys. Okay, you, you're used to that. <laughs> you guys have the floor. Um, so, Julie, tell us a little bit about New England Women's Disc Golf, New DG, and some of the histories and goals you have for this year coming. My understanding is that you are one of the, the founders. You're a co-founder to this whole organization. So tell us about that and your goals. Sure. Thanks for having us, Matt. We're really excited to be here. Um, so New England Women's Disc Golf was a thought. I was three years into playing and I was sick of showing up to tournaments and not seeing other ladies around. So I uh, grabbed Mindy, who helped me co-found this thing from Maple Hill. We were playing a White's League together uh, every Friday night, a singles league got to know her really well and she had a similar passion of growing women's disc golf in New England. So we started a traveling league, made some bag tags. Um, during this traveling league, we met another one of our current board members for new DG, KG Dudley. And um, so many other women we met through this league throughout the years. Uh, we started a putting league in 2015 which uh, took a little bit of hiatus, but is continuing now at the schoolyard in West Boylston. 
And we also start tried to do a women's tournament series in 2016 and 2017 with um, a tournament in each New England state. And while it was pretty successful, I think that it lacked the current uh, pandemic traction that disc golf has uh, seen recently. And with all of the new players, the new coming out of the pandemic, uh, it just seems like a really good time to start to focus in on making women feel welcome in disc golf in New England again. So we've kind of reconvened, got some board members. We are currently seeking applications from state representatives from around New England and including New York and New Jersey, trying to also encompass NEFA, trying to get women to sign up for NEFA as well. Um, and we currently have a women's league at Maple Hill that we run. We're starting on April 6th. We have putting league, as I mentioned, which really we run for the ladies. But this past week, we did have 54 people show up. It was pretty incredible. Um, and there's also another opportunity for women to get together and play at the Borderlands, the Borderland Women's Monthly run by Kim here. Awesome. Yeah. So, Kim, welcome to the show as well. Uh, I don't hey. know Kim or Chantal as well. Um, but I also want to be sure that Evan in here can ask any question. Steve can, Ben can. They have microphones. If they're if they're wanting to, they can follow up any of these. But Kim, go ahead and tell us about this future series. Um, Juge made a, a a note about growing it and then getting state reps to apply, and you're a part of growing this as well. You have a future of series for the New England Women's Disc Golf. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we're starting off with the Bay State Clean Women Series. Uh, we just launched that. A couple of weeks, just last week, I think, and how it started was back in early January on a snowy Saturday. My Disc Golf 978 teammate and my Team Challenge teammate, Steph Barnett, had messaged me with this logo for a one-round women's series event tournament she wanted to run out of, out of our home course at Borderland. She and I were going back and forth about the different women's events. I had offered to help out Juj and Chantal with the women's global event. She had known about a couple of other women's events and it just kind of a light bulb moment of like, we need to do something with this. Knowing that there is a four separate women's events all occurring within a month, a month, a month, a month apart, we need to make this something. So I immediately got Juju and Chantal on board. They were all for it. I got all the TDs who are running these events together in a group chat and said, hey, what do you think? Do we want to make a women's series for Massachusetts? It seems like a really cool opportunity with the growth of sport, as Jude mentioned, the pandemic numbers have really helped. Um, everyone was on board. And I think within two hours, we had the name of the series. We had a logo design. We had outreach to my sister-in-law, who's a graphic designer, to make our logo. And it had just totally exploded into what it's starting to become now. And so what the event is, it's going to consist of four events going from Memorial Day to Labor Day, including the finale. So on Memorial Day, there's a Sunstein open at 501 in Warren, Mass. Uh, Rivas is the TD. He's a super experienced TD in our area who's doing a total women's day, which is super cool. Uh, the Empress open at Oak Ridge in Gilmass run by Casey De La Pena, and that's gonna be on June 18th. The Shield Maidens of Borderland at Borderland State Park in Easton, like I mentioned, is gonna be run by Steph Barnett on July 10th, the Women's Global event, Revenge on Red, gonna be run by the two lovely ladies next to me on August on August 7th at Maple Hill. Thank you, Steve Dodge. <laughs> and our BSQ finale is gonna be held at Crooked, Bur Crooked Birch 
in West Brookfield, Mass on Labor Day, and the New England Women's Disc Golf is going to be co-hosting that for the finale. And we're super excited about this, but it's honestly just the beginning of all the great ideas and the great things we have in store for the women's disc golf in the New England region. Okay. It's Steve sitting here, and he says you're welcome, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually have a question for these three wonderful ladies. Uh, When I look at golf, I think that we have about 40% of the people that play golf are women. Uh, Do you have any idea what percentage of people that play disc golf are women? And what's your goal in New England? What percentage of people in New England do you want to get to be women? Like, are you you shooting for 40%? Are you shooting for 5%? What are we trying to do? More than there are right now. (laughs) I love you, Julie. (laughs) And to be completely transparent, we don't know the current percentage, but um, obviously, yes, we would definitely shoot for that 40% if we're not already there, and then even further if we can. Like, 50% of women are on this world, so why can't 50% of disc golfers be women? Exactly the number I was hoping you would say. Uh, 50% (laughs) is where we need to be. Uh, if not higher, I I wouldn't mind playing a sport that was mostly women, personally. But yeah. uh, 50%, I think, is where we need to go. We need to beat golf. And thank you, ladies, for making it happen. Thanks, yeah. Steve. Thanks, yeah. Steve, for all of your support. Yeah, Steve, Steve, we're happy to have you here. This is awesome having him in studio. So let me <laughs> ask this. He asked a question a certain way, and then we're going to hand it over to Chantal to talk about some of what she's doing there. But he asked percentage, you know, of players and all that. Like, do you have a number that you have as a goal for these events. So, and I'm just being honest, like, is it, we want 20 F I, I know you want to fill it. That's your goal. I'm sure. But like, do you have an expectation of what that might actually look like? 20 players at an event, 40, 60, 10, like what are your expectations? I mean, the other night at our women's league, we had uh, 12 women out of 54 and seven of them were there for their first time. I, mm. I feel like the possibilities right now are truly endless. Uh, 10 years ago, you'd be lucky to have one to two women at a tournament. I truly think at these women's events, we could field at least 30 easily. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you said there was 12 and seven were new. That just shows you the opportunity, especially for these years (laughs) following the pandemic and into it. Like what happened there is, is, yeah, exponentially going to be different. So that's awesome. Before we get over to Chantal, the, the chat said, uh, these three women versus Nick, Matt, and Evan has to happen for some some play. So we'll do that sometime. We'll try to get it on video. All right, let's yeah. go over to Chantal. Uh, New England Wide Series you're going to talk about and some of the things that you're doing for your long-term initiatives and goals, if you don't mind filling us in. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously right now we're going to grow it as much as we can with our initial ideas, but our goal is long-term growth. So how are we going to do that? Um, one of the things we want to do is a encompass New England into our series rather than right now it's just Massachusetts events. So with our state reps that we're recruiting, we want to kind of help them build either their own series or their own events in their states and culminate that into a New England Women's Disc Golf Championship rather than just a Bay State Queen Championship. So hopefully we get women traveling from all over these states to come participate in this finale and it just be just this huge amazing thing that we can create. Um, Yeah, and basically our goal is to create a foundation, a legacy to outlive us that kind of consistently gives women that kind of welcoming hug into the sport 
because I know that's what got me to stay in the sport. I met Juj and we were done. I was here to stay. Um, but that's kind of our goal. Yes, I met her at Pugging League. Yep. Well, there's no shortage of uh, saying you're doing great with what you're doing. It's it's uh, interesting to, as someone who used to invest in nonprofit, like trying to do the kids side, the, the I'll call it the minorities of disc golf. It, it's, yeah. you do get a lot of thanks, but you also do a lot of work that goes unnoticed. So I want to say from the Nick and Matt show, keep it up. When things keep happening with your, what you're doing there, we'll come back and get reports from you. I appreciate the fact that you would come on and share this. We hope our audience, New England, and well beyond one outside of New England is inspired and then inside of New England hears and wants to get involved. So how can they contact you? What's the best way? Uh, we have a Instagram and it's at new DG underscore. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, uh, New England Women's Disc Golf. And our Facebook group is new DG dash New England Women's Disc Golf. I believe there's also a Twitter, NE underscore New England, uh, women's underscore DG. It exists. I saw it on a Facebook <laughs> memory today. We'll reactivate. <laughs> and what was the other? We also have a Gmail. So NE women's DG at gmail.com if you just want to say hey. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. If you want to feel free, Ben, to put that in the chat or you guys can just go chat it up in the live chat now and just share that as well. It'll be there for people to click on and follow or, or to find find out more. Perfect. All right. Awesome. Hey, did we miss anything? Is there anything else you wanted to say before we let you go? Um, our Women's Wednesdays start at Maple Hill on April 6th. We have tea times five o'clock through 520 booked. So if you're a lady and you want to come, um, Wednesdays are free at Maple um, for women. And if you want to travel down and just see what we're all about, it's very casual and fun and you don't have to worry about being good or not. We just want to hang out. Yeah. And keep an eye on our socials because we're going to try and run some fun events and some clinics for people to participate in, introduce to the sport, stuff like that. I've... <laughs> I'm going to tell my wife to watch this segment of the show. She needs to. <laughs> no, yeah. Need is a strong word. She's got, well, I was going to say four boys, but including me, five boys at home who play disc golf and she gets out and she enjoys it. I think she would be uh, a force to be reckoned with. I think she would. We'll see if she wants to get involved. I'll send her. Tell over. her we said to come hang out with us. All right. I'll do that. That'd be all. And Maple Hill Wednesdays. That's not even that yes, far. Yes. So. To, and, and I'm just going to piggyback on that. Uh, it, go on to maplehilldiscgolf.com uh, on Wednesday. If you're a woman, make your tea time. Use the coupon code MHWOMEN, and you will uh, get to play for free all day Wednesday. And you can do that before league and then play with Julie and friends, or you can do it and not even play league. We just want more women to come out and play, and uh, eventually they'll find their way to league and new DG. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, ladies, for coming on. Uh, hit us up again if there's something you want to share. We'd be glad to have you on. Thanks for having us. All right. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. All right. Peace out. Okay, everybody. That was New England Women's Disc Golf. Uh, they're doing big things. They reached out, and I said, for sure, let's get you on and let's talk about it because I realize we have a worldwide audience. We've got a national audience. We've got a New England audience. That's where we were uh we're all from. In fact, that segment, Steve, included somebody, and I'm going to give you the accolades and the props now, somebody who's the founder of the Disc Golf Pro Tour, 
the board game Birdie <laughs> and uh, running the final playoff event for 2022, the MVP Open, also one of the longer, more prestigious, uh, exciting, nostalgic events out there. Nick and Matt, come on, we're in Leicester, started a show here. That's something. Evan Statmando, all right, one third was in New England, but he's here. <laughs> and then we had New England women's disc golf. So that was a very, wow, regionally friendly segment. And I just realized behind me, I've got, <laughs> for the viewing audience, it's repeating me like for infinity into the background. So that was to help Steve out so he could see our our, our lovely guests tonight. Okay. Matt, we've also got Simon Lazat and Marshall Street Disc Golf. New England, Central Massachusetts is rocking it as far as disc golf goes. This is fantastic. It, it's actually kind of interesting how Leicester, Massachusetts yeah. is on the map. And, and I just went to the town hall today. Uh, we're we're going to be having Maple Hill week, weekends, and they just approved us having uh, beer on every weekend starting, I don't even know when, Memorial Day? Is that before Labor Day? Wow. Which one's first? Well, Labor Day is Steve. fall. Memorial Day is So May. Memorial Day. So yeah. starting Memorial Day uh, and running through the tournament, we're going to have Maple Hill weekends. And the town was super excited to have us say, they were just like, yeah, sell beer, go to it. More people coming to Leicester. They, it's not only is, are we killing it in disc golf, but the town recognizes it. All 11,000 of us. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> that's cool. Before you got over here, I had read off the text to Ben about what you were trying to accomplish. And I was like, it's probably for the MVP open. The fact that Steve says it's for like weekends at MVP or at, at Maple Hill, that's a really awesome thing. Um, and we don't want to miss Noah Cronin out of New England doing great things with his YouTube disc golf channel as well. I saw that in the chat. Yeah, shout out to him. All right, um, let's do this. Are you ready, Evan, to give us the uh, stats for Memorial? Like, yeah. Is, okay, go ahead and give us the stats there. We'll react to that. And then we've got a lot else things, a lot else, <clears throat> a lot of other things to talk about. Well, the big news was uh, Paul McBeth shot another 1100 rated round uh, in round one, uh, goes on to win, uh, almost less exciting than the first round. I feel like everyone was going crazy about the 1100, and then at the end, it's Paul wins, and it's like, okay, <laughs> Paul wins the memorial. Cool. I haven't watched it yet. Ah! We don't do spoiler alerts on this channel anymore. <laughs> you know, that I actually was... fell, I fell for that, too. I was like, oh, no. Like, whoops. <laughs> that was fun to say. <laughs> Evan like uh, genuinely was like, uh <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know. Uh it's the ice cream. Uh yeah, Paul McBeth wins by three strokes over Anthony Barella. Um Aaron Gossage surprisingly had a third place finish. Um he had a he had a few good finishes last year, kind of jumped on the scene, and this year now getting a, a podium finish at one of the best non Was it the Portland Open? Is that where OTB he... Open? OTB. Is where I'm it was the West Coast. Yeah, that was like the really big one. I think That's he right. had a Another pretty good finisher, too. Drew Gibson follows up his dramatic win with uh, fourth place along with Adam Hammes. Jordan Castro, I believe he said this was his best finish at Memorial ever, finishes sixth. And Andrew Marweed, uh, new sponsorship with DGA. Um, excuse me. Uh, still the ice cream. Uh, he actually had the weird situation where he made the cut because there was ties that went past the cash line, but then missed the cash line. Um, because then there was no more ties in the final round, kind of a weird situation, but Mrs. Cash at, um, LVC comes back and gets a seventh place finish at Memorial on the women's side. Kristen Tatar gets her first win in the U S this year. 
uh, winning by three strokes over Jennifer Allen, who I'm now dubbing Jennifer Arizona because Alizona. she she crushes it in Arizona. Yeah. Um. I does she live there now? I'm not. I, is that well, where that's she's a good from? question? She I think is she there. Might. Yeah. She's she's yeah. That's but her area. She had a lot. Like I think she won two or three already this year so far in Arizona. Like Shelly Sharp and um, there's one. that she did. Yeah. What's the other early Arizona winter? No, not winter time. That's a California. Shelly Sharp. And there is one more. Maricopa, Maricopa Open. Thank yep. you. Uh, All right, I, got, I said thank you. Then Owen Scoggins uh, is in third. <laughs> Hannah Blomroos, who, speaking of missing cuts, like missed cut at LVC, really big story. She comes back, it's a fourth place finish, beating her Finnish uh, partner, Evelina Salonen, and Emily Beach, also tying for fifth, who had a great, um, not a lot of people know her, had a great finish. I forget where it was exactly at LVC, did really well, following it up with another fifth place finish. So the big takeaways are so many, but the big takeaway is Paul Macbeth uh, shooting 1100 rated ratings are important for this reason. In my opinion, we are able to see and uh, make an understanding or a, a guess at how they would have performed with the whole field there. Meaning 1108 is really good. The argument on the other side is that that course just gives high ratings. So how do we know really, you know, but if you take it for what it's worth and you kind of say within within 10 points of that, even if it was 1100 rated, right? That's that's good. So he shot a great round. Um, I think Anthony Barella, that was second place, right? Yep. Anthony Barella, I think it was three weeks ago, right before the tour started. I was like, that's someone we were picking our picks in the top 20 or outside of the top 20 that might. I think if he's all in, if he ever gets all in and he gains the experience, I, I see him just doing really well, like on a, a consistency level. And then I'm just going to wrap it up with this, this one here, Aaron Gossage, you mentioned him. My reaction to that is he's obviously good because we saw him perform well at a few other events, but he doesn't strike me as like Gannon Burr. Whereas like new, if you will, to the scene and that, that aspect. And like, you just believe he's going to do it. Can Aaron do it? Yes. Can uh, Andrew Marweed do it? Yes. Like start list listing off all these names that you think are great and can pop off. How about, I see this, Connor O'Reilly. Does that name ring a bell? Like winning an event and then coming right over to Maple Hill and getting humbled. <laughs> like it, Aaron Gossage to me right now is in that category of like he can, but I, I predict that and it is what it is. I predict he's going to be in the, 30 range which is good but i don't see him popping off a lot of hot events prove me wrong uh any any reaction to memorial steve you didn't watch it but uh Kristen I, tatar taking it down i'm very impressed with uh the way gannon burr held up to drew and uh and like drew knew he was going to win the whole way and gannon held on and took him all the way to 18 took him to four playoff holes wait what event yeah <laughs> memorial steve um i've got to say we're, we're it seems like about 20 minutes ago we were saying gannon burr is is the next coming of uh, of ice cream and now there's some new guy named paul Macbeth who all of a sudden is maybe going to be great also so it's crowded at the top if you're in the top 10 at any of these elite events you are doing very well uh next year if you make the cash Congrats. You're a phenomenal disc golfer. 
All right. Let me elaborate on or get you to elaborate on that a little bit more. Top 10 to me, Matt Graham, my take is going to be, and some people hate me for it, flash in the pan. You, you hit top 10, you're, you're good enough. I feel like this is a real hot take. I could place top 10 if I played my absolute dream best. Because if you look at all of my best holes, if you look at, Steve's shaking his head, if you look at all of my like dream play, like I play 100 rounds at Fountain Hills, right? And okay, I birdied every single hole in one of those rounds. I put all of those together, my best holes. All right, maybe I get close to top 10. It's not happening on the regular, but my point is. It's not happening. I don't <laughs> yeah, think it's fair. happening either. That's fair. Uh, Fountain Hill. Yeah, Fountain but, Hills. Like, to be no. fair, if I played a pro tour event, it would be like, what are the chances I don't finish last or I'm second to last? I think finishing last would be higher. So I'm not trying to make a yeah. dig at you, Matt. No, no, I don't, I don't feel think a you're dig. finishing top 10. I'm talking, okay. If Literally, played, if I have to re, re say my statement, I was saying dream. Like, Matt, what's your best round at Maple Hill? Gold. Th- in the current situation, it is, or if I go back six years, I shot a 60. That I know that's still six off. But if I was able to shoot a 60 three rounds in a row, where does that put you? Uh, probably about 40th. 40th. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Maple Hill. It, so right. I got to pick and right. choose. I got to pick and choose point. the course. Yeah. But I, I'm not saying every course. But is your argument top pick 10 or a, like slight possibility of making cash if I played? Yeah. I, I was exaggerating. It, My point is this. My point is this. One time somebody in the Pro Tour are making top 10 and then we don't hear about them. In fact, if we go down to uh, UDIS rankings or, or your rankings that you have going on and we go down to the 72nd person, we might know them. But if we go into that general range of 10, there's going to be someone in there that we're like, we don't really know anything about them. Can, can you beat Nick? Yes. Okay. That's, that's a good baseline for me. <laughs> can <laughs> I? Yes. <laughs> it, it, on the regular, definitely not. And but I can. Nick, and it's usually when he's not playing his best and I'm playing probably my better golf. Nick is a fantastic player. I don't think he has a top 10 finish. Like, I think his best finish was probably Worlds. I'm not. was incredible. I'm not was, saying I would get a top 10. I said dream. Like, <laughs> no, as in, like, no. you put all my best, absolute best holes I've ever done. When I said, if you get a top 10 finish... You're you're playing amazingly well. Yes. You did a fantastic thing. Yes, you I did. wasn't arguing if you get in the top 10, you are an elite player. I was not arguing that. Mm-hmm. I was saying that we are going to start looking at, and we probably already have started looking at top 10, is the way that you you had an amazing event. You did great. That's, that's what I'm saying. Uh, so, Matt Graham, if you get in the top 10, you did great that weekend. I'm not saying you're an elite player. <laughs> I'm saying you did great that weekend. I, I absolutely love the fact that the chat is going wild in agreement with Steve Dodge about me and Evan. <laughs> Matt's delusional stick to podcasting. This is my job. I love it. Um, I would say everything that you guys are saying is correct. And I was just trying to get you to say that, which is they did it once. They're obviously good. Right. right. But are they great? We don't know. How many times? And this, uh, that was the longest way to get to this point. How many times do they place in the top 10 in a season where you go, they're really good? Is it two times? It starts to tip it a little bit for me. Uh, if, I, if I had to give a number right now, I'm going to say, if they place top 10 four times, I'm going, we need to watch them. Like, Agreed. From here on out. And three is a... <laughs> <laughs> three is a... So for Aaron Gossage, he is somebody on the radar because of last year. And because of this performance. Now, granted, this was an A tier. We didn't have all, like, who were we missing? We were missing uh, Gannon. 
We were missing Ricky. We were missing who else? Nate Sexton. We were missing, like, go down the whole list, right? Yeah. Eagle so, McMahon. But Eagle McMahon. It, yeah, no big not, deal. Not to, it's, it's, I think it's about as good as a Silver Series, your average Silver Series um, event. It's about that. Maybe a little bit on the lower side. But it's definitely, like, it, it's a better field than your lowest Silver Series. Okay. Before we get but, off of this topic, because I, I want to just, I have to stick it back just a little bit. You said Nick hasn't even done it. But, but if we're going to have this argument, cause Nick's not here, <laughs> I actually think Nick can like, right. and I don't even think it would be a dream. Like I think he could have his good or great rounds and average a thousand forty or a thousand and fifty, which he's capable of. And he would place top 10. And so, yeah, I'm not going to be shooting thousand forty thousand fifty, but just to put it out there, Steve's going to ask I've in my life, I've shot thousand twenty something rated rounds. That's usually my limit. So that's going to put me in 40th. So I, I'm on board with is, that. But is Nick going to get 1040 followed by a 1040 followed by a 1040? You're asking me if he can, and I would say yes. Will he but keep working? I, I trust the boards on that one. I trust <laughs> Matt, the boards Matt, on what I understand they say. your point. You're not saying necessarily your round ratings are no. good enough, but you're saying if you took your best holes, which is more of like what I agree with, I can never put That's 18 together. Exactly. So you're saying... You have birdied a such and such hole before. Thank you. I, I must not have been I communicating your, it. I get your point and that you're doing it based on a hole and not a round yes. and then it's event. There used to be an app and this is now this is going back, Steve. I can remember at one point and I'm not trying to take any credit for anything because you thought it up. But Steve goes, Matt, like because you knew I was into like little tech stuff and this and that. Like, do you know of an app that like scores golf and we could use for disc golf? This was pre disc. Uh, and at that point, you'd probably just started conversations or were just about to start conversations with Kruger and Josh over there. And I was like, yeah, there's a there's an app that I'm using. And it was literally just a golf for ball golf. And it would let you track where you shot it and all that kind of stuff. And I remember it would tell me what my dream round was like. That was one of the features. It was like you if you played all of the holes that you've played your best here, like you could shoot 16 under on golds. And I was like, all right, like I could do it. It gives you that hope. Right. That's literally the take I was trying to make it for anyone who thinks I actually think I could place in top 10. No, I'm not saying that it's not going to happen. It would never happen. Did that app after your second shot say, oops, you can't do it. <laughs> Sorry, you're you're already off track. You're already off pace. Yeah. So okay, that was fun. Uh, let's go ahead. That was a good recap of Memorial. It's not a pro tour event. It used to be. It's now an A tier. We don't need to give it that much time. I mean, there's some storylines. <clears throat> I want to give a quick shout out. Um, my new wife and I. Uh, yes. Congratulations. Thank, thank you very much. Hi, Jesse. Um, <laughs> my new wife and I recently went to uh, the Cheesecake Factory in Natick, which is the same Cheesecake Factory that Matt and I went to. When we discussed making UDisc into a live scoring app for the Pro Tour and doing all the stats, and I, I texted Matt while I was there and took a picture of us, and I was like, hey, we're in the Cheesecake Factory, and he texted back, where dreams are made. <laughs> where dreams are made, the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, yeah, my wife loves the Cheesecake Factory. It's a great place. Yeah, congratulations on that, Steve. Yeah. Uh, the ceremony and the re uh, reception in Maple Hill, is that? Uh, they were private? sort of back to back right upstairs in the sap okay. house. Uh, we had about 25 people, you know, her probably 12 people from her family, 12 from mine, and uh, one other person. I don't know who that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's great. Uh, followed by rounds of birdie, the game, right, at the reception table. Uh, we, uh, it was really fun because 
from my daughters who were th- were 13 and 15 at the time to uh, grandparents, uh, we you know 13 to 80, everybody's playing skee ball and shuffleboard and air hockey and and pool. Every every game was being played and everybody was having fun. It was a great time. I would recommend everybody get married upstairs in the sap house. You just had to outdo Paul Macbeth. He got engaged up there. You're like, we're taking it to the sky, to the moon, right? That was good. A lot of people have gotten engaged at Maple Hill, but I, I needed to, you know, I needed to be top 10. <laughs> at least in one thing. I'll find out what that thing is for me. Top 10. I don't know what it is. Talking? Talking. Yeah, okay. All right, uh, let's get some of these smaller topics out of the way. And then um, I want to talk about the big news that came out this last week. Uh, Sweet video with MVP Steve Dodge. We're going to talk about that. But before we get to that, here's a a simple reaction. And I think it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Chris Dickerson alludes to the fact that his performance at LVC was related to not knowing his bag fully. He said, I am not happy with my finish especially after having the lead one and uh, lead in after round one or one round in. But he did allude to the fact, Hey, it's my disc. Now I'm not trying to peg the guy for saying he wasn't ready for a season getting new discs, but I've noticed, I think every player we've ever interviewed that has a new bag will ask that question. Like, Hey, what's your timeline for a grace period, if you will. And everyone always goes, Nope, no grace period. I was a little bit, a little bit surprised that he was going to pin his performance on that, at least a portion of it. Do you think that actually factored in? That is it? Or is this an excuse for him? Like, what's your re- reaction to that? I have my opinion. I'm just opening up the floor. I, I think it's fair. And it's not, obviously, that Discraft makes bad discs. And it's just that Chris now has new discs. And he just isn't fully comfortable in an elite level. Uh, I, I think it's a bad excuse to say publicly. I will say that. I don't think it looks good to say that. Uh, if I was in that position, I would just say, hey, I didn't perform well enough. Uh, not that saying you're learning the disc, it just, it, you, like you chose to move sponsorships. It's on you. It, 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 it's not this or anything else. It's you. And I think Chris feels that way. Um, I don't know how he worded it exactly. Um, so I, I, I would avoid saying it's the disc fault and just say, Hey, I wasn't ready to play OVC. So I'm going to jump in here. I don't know if you're asking me that or not. Matt, I was, I was, but, um, in my opinion, Chris is a straight shooter. Uh, he's, always honest, honest to a fault. Um, I've had plenty of interviews where I've said things that were, in my opinion, honest (laughs) that I ought not have said. But uh, in my opinion, I respect Chris uh, to the highest. Um, He was at at the tournament last year at the MVP Open, and I just walked up to him sort of randomly, like you'd pass in somebody, say, hey, Chris, how you doing? He said, eh. And it was just like, he's willing to be honest. And, uh, And if he, I believe him, and he says it's his discs. I, I believe him. Whether or not he should say that out loud, I, I say, yeah, go ahead. Be honest with your fans. You're going to get better. He knows he's going to get better. I don't have any problem with it. <clears throat> yeah, and that's kinda, that's where I stand. I, I agree 100% with your anal, anal... What's the right word there? The way you're analyzing his, him as a person. Uh, same experience I have. Like, he was very straight opin- opinion, sharing his truth. Uh, I'm not going to echo everything everyone else said. I, I'm in the same boat. I think it is his discs. Like, he's not familiar with them. He's throwing Prodigy for so long. He's, you would imagine he's just going to have to, I don't know, is he going to say it again after the next event? How many events would go by is kind of my question. And is whether it's his truth or not, that's one thing. 
But at what point is it like, well, you need it needs to work for you. Like, you can't keep saying that. And if you are like, is this a bad deal? Like, do you need to reconfigure your sponsorship? But we're that's way down the road. I don't see that happening. All right. Uh, after that happy topic, let's move right over to Steve Dodge here. So really cool video announcement uh, that you made. It, it looked like maybe you guys were separate locations, but then you were in the next door office or whatever that was. And it comes up is really fun. I don't have the audio to play back here tonight, but uh, tell us about how that deal or what it is. Give us the, the what it is and then how that how long did that take to come to be? And like, where are you at? Like that conversation start two years ago, 10 years ago. Tell us what it is and then how it came to be. Uh I'll, I'll do it as quickly as I can. <coughs> well, um, we got we got all night, baby. <laughs> well, I got to get home to Jesse. I got things to do. Um, like watch TV. Ball and chain. I mean, uh, disc and chain. <laughs> <laughs> um, new season. The last season of Ozark comes out on my birthday. It is going to be a stellar night. Okay. So um, anyway, uh, this off season, uh, basically, actually it was before the tournament. Uh, I was approached by another disc golf manufacturer uh, about being becoming the title sponsor of the uh, the the premier event at Maple Hill, and uh, I uh, immediately called Steve Holloway and said I have another suitor. Um, I'm interested in pursuing this. I'm also interested in staying with you. And let's you know let's I'm I'm going to be candid and upfront with both of you on all of this. Um, and the process that we put in place was that uh, they would make a bid, and I told MVP all they had to do was match it, and I'll stay with MVP. And that, that was a pretty easy conversation. So um, they, the other company made a bid. It was a, a very impressive bid, uh, between 50 and 75% above what, I, what the event had been getting. Um, and M I talked with Steve at MVP, and he said... Uh, we're not going to match that. We're going to beat it. And he he proposed a five-year deal. And it's it's funny because I think it's exactly what happens in the video. He proposed a five-year deal. And I said, I want a 10-year deal. I don't want to bother with this ever again. Uh, well, I guess in 10 years. But um, I don't, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to, I don't want to have any confusion. Uh, the event, in my opinion, is already kind of... One of the fun things about the event is that it's had so many different names. And... <laughs> I'd like to just put that behind me and just be the MVP <laughs> open for a very long time. So that's where we're going to be. Um, the negotiation. Uh, so w anyway, they ended up beating the uh, beating the deal and it was a, it was a slam dunk. It was pretty easy to decide at that point. And uh, the first year is actually closer to a hundred thousand than, than 200,000. And then the last year is closer to more than 200,000. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So uh, basically the first five years uh, is about a third of the contract. And then halfway through, we're going to renegotiate and then we'll uh, figure it out. Because it, realistically, in, in 10 years, we have no idea where disc golf is going to be. So we want to renegotiate in five years. And then if disc golf has blown up, it'll be bigger than a $2 million contract. And if disc golf stays on, the, on its, well, if it slows down its growth pattern, It'll be a $2 million contract. Okay, cool. Um, I find that very interesting and very well thought out to where exactly I saw some reactions like, hey, that could be a bad deal for Steve. Like it <laughs> yes, could be. It could have been, yeah. So, but the way you worked it out, it seems like that can't be the case or it won't be the case. 
Um, so what does 200,000, if we just break it evenly, okay, or which, which isn't 000, fair to the event, it's fine. What is, what is money in the hundreds of thousands look like for Maple Hill? Is this an MVP event sponsorship or is this, here's a check, Steve. Thanks for letting us sponsor what, the event. Did you see the Bentley? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Tell us some more. Um, what this means for Maple Hill. Well, I, I don't have a Bentley and I, okay, okay. and I don't expect to for a long time. Helicopter? Oh, wait, that's uh, a little more. Um, what this means for Maple Hill is uh, new parking in, in investment in more parking. Uh, what this means is an investment in more bleachers on hole eight. Um, I have, I was talking with Joel out on hole eight, uh, last week, I believe. And we've found spaces for about 200 people along the left side of that bowl. And you can see the pin perfectly. You can see all the way straight back to the T it, it's a phenomenal spot. And then over time, we just expand those. And over three years, I want to have seats for six, 700 people back there. Um, and that's going to grow into an even more fun spot in, in disc golf. Um, the big thing that we're going to do, though, is we're going to put, uh, I think we're going to do two sets of bleachers. Um, these are 10-row, uh, 33-feet bleachers that hold about 180 people. And then uh, and they're elevated, and then in between them will be an elevated stage where the tee will be, and so that we'll have a an elevated stage with elevated bleachers, so people can stand next to it, people can be on the bleachers, they can be in front of the bleachers, um, and we'll have we'll have space for you know three to four hundred people uh, at hole one while people are teeing off, and that's that's the biggest investment that we're going to be making, um, and. I actually got, I have uh, six emails in my six, yeah, six emails in my inbox right now with quotes from different companies for bleachers. And a couple of them are saying, this quote is good for three days. Like aluminum is, I, I have no idea. Wow. Come on. Pricing things out right now is just insanity. Yeah. So they're like, this quote is good for three days. And I'm like, I don't have $50,000 in my pocket. So, um, but anyway, the bleachers are pretty damn expensive and we're going to get a couple of really big ones. And, uh, the goal is for the next three years to invest heavily in the infrastructure at Maple Hill so that we can double the number of spectators from last year and then double it again for the year after. Um, and uh, and I, actually have, I actually have an extra little reason I want to have more bleachers on hole one at Maple Hill. It's time. And now for a Nick and Matt Show exclusive. <laughs> That's all right, it is. Steve. All right, what do you got for us? We got quiet there for a second. We got to build the drama. So where, where we got? I I uh pay, I made a Facebook post probably about an hour before I came on. Do you did you see that Facebook post? We're gonna be on Nick and Matt. Well, that's not all I said. Oh, then I missed it, Mister Social Media. Um, I I give little everything I say. There's a reason for every single well thought out word that I say. I'm, the I'm tickets sure. go on sale. Or where where am I missing it? Did you do a comment? I said I'm going to be on the Nick and Matt show. Oh, yes, to discuss Maple, MVP, Steve. How did I miss? And a million other things. Let, let us have it. And a million other things. So I am very excited to announce on the Nick and Matt show, for the first time in the history of disc golf, on Thursday, after the rounds, we are going to have a $1 million ACE contest. 
one million dollar ace contest and and this is my general like the, my serious reaction is has this ever happened before immediately has anybody have you ever steve you've been I, around a long time i looked it up for a long time i could not <laughs> find anything even close uh one million dollar ace contest but oh my. not only that we had the new england women's disc golf people here today right yes this is a women's ace contest <clears throat> We're having the top eight women in the world, distance accuracy women, take a 450 shot, foot shot. If any of them get it, they will win a million dollars. Not only that, but each of them get four shots. Oh, so we're going to get 32 shots at this basket 450 feet away. And we all know these women can rip it. Uh, I have a feeling one of them is going to win it. <laughs> really? It, okay. It, they have to. Okay. 32 shots. It's like a gimme. Okay. So first of all, let's jump. Let's put the car before the, the what do they say? How do that works? Anyways, let's say put someone the, hits let's it. Let's put the car before the, what are they going to buy? Yeah. So yeah, let's go. Yeah. Where are they going on vacation? Um, they, okay. So I'm putting it ahead. They throw it in. What actually happens in the disc golf world when somebody wins a million dollars? Wait, before we go there. Okay. Before we go there. Tickets went on. Is today the what day is it? Is the seventh. It's the seventh. Tickets went on sale today for the MVP Open. If you got a ticket for Thursday, you're going to be. I hope you'll stay. You're going to be sitting in those bleachers watching eight women throw for a million dollars at the MVP Open. This is so freaking. I have goosebumps all over these clothed arms. <laughs> That's beautiful, Steve. So. Anyway, now you can go to wherever you're so, going. So yeah. So what happens? Because and we're gonna go more on the topics of what's going on at the event. But what happens when somebody throws that in? I'm just gonna pick out of the hat, Paige Pierce, <laughs> or or whoever like throws it in. Wait, let's list the women that could do it. All right, list. It, list Evan, list you got women. it. The top you eight got women. Little ice cream. Now. Hold on. Oh, I'm cool. just gonna do this. <laughs> There's ice cream everywhere. I'm going. Sorry, I'm going to U disc rankings right now just to give us a, a general yeah, a idea. general idea. Kristen Tatar, is she going to be around? Eh, maybe, maybe not. For a million she bucks, she might be. For a million, yeah. Oh, this is great. Okay, there's so many points. We were not totally prepped on this topic. We knew something was coming. This is a topic, wasn't fully prepared I for. I told you very clearly, I said I have a million things to yeah. discuss. We did not prep this topic to think through, yes, who's going to be at these events to play for this. So let me just list the top eight. Kristen Tatar, Paige Pierce, Evelina, Katrina, Haley King, if Henna's here, again, we don't know these, but we'll keep going. Missy Gannon, Sarah Hokum, Kona would be in that maybe eighth, depending on who shows up. Now, the, the people that are actually getting to do this, yes. UDISC is developing a new stat right now. They've actually done it for LVC. They're going to run it for a few more events before they release it publicly. But this new AccuDistance stat is what's going to be determine who gets to do it. It's not the top eight players in the world. Oh, it's the top six players in this new stat plus two fan votes. Ooh, so they're gonna take. I'm simplifying this, but an Please. average of distances thrown, kind of. It's an accu distance. I, I don't know how you. I mean, for me, I do like a par four circle. But one. they're not getting in based off of performance. Correct. Yes. If, mm -hmm. Yeah. If if all you do is throw far and and, uh, and throw accurately. And you four putt every hole, you're going to be in this contest. Well, well, if you make the playoffs, you have to make it into the MVP Open. Also, all right. So it yeah. keeps it keeps narrowing down. Yeah. But those who get to do it have earned it. Number one, 
And it's going to be incredible to watch. I'm definitely going to be there for sure on that. All right. Evan, co- who are the top six women in AccuDistance? Um, I mean, I don't have the, the AccuDistance Pull it stat up. in front of me. Pull it, it up. Wait, is it up here? Uh, statmando.com slash AccuDistance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. Uh, I mean, uh, judging by the all-stars, um, I mean, Paige and Katrina, uh, anyways, sure. would be my guess. Um, they can smash and accurately. Um, Evelina is known as a, a huge power player. Um, I would say, I think Kristen yeah. Tatar probably yeah. as well. Um, is Kona Kona is then that distance when she, uh, this is hole one. Yeah. Okay. It's a little downhill, but it's, is it 450? 15, 20 feet downhill. Yes. It's 450 as the crow flies, not with yeah. ele- meaning elevation yeah. is going to be a yeah. part of this. So yeah. realistically, you shouldn't have to be able to throw 450 on a flat field. Four, 400, 410 is probably the overall distance. You know how many times I've cleared the pond, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing. Well, it's my funny. dream. Is this my dream throw it's, or is this my real throw? <laughs> it's funny that you you probably know the number of times. <laughs> I mean, I think I've done it maybe twice <laughs> in my dreams. No, I've done it once. And that was actually back when I was newer. So something changed. But yes. So I genuinely hope somebody hits this because I've already started saving up money. Well, that's the next question. I said it's the elephant in the room. Who's who's funding this? Is this so, an insurance thing? Is this a sponsorship? So I got to say a, a big shout out to Mike Calzone of Foy Insurance. Okay. Um, and for, for two reasons. Number one, uh, he's he's been a friend of mine for years. Uh, and I finally went ahead and said, Mike, go ahead and price out my auto and home insurance. And what can you do? And he beat my insurance, honest to goodness, by six, $700. I don't even know. He cut Jess's insurance in half. <laughs> Who is this guy? Mike Calzone of Foy Insurance. I'll say it again. Foy, all F-O-Y. Right. That's, all the, that's all the hype you're getting there, Mike. Sorry. But seriously, give him a call if you live in New England. He's, go save your money. He's amazing. But. I said, Mike, can we do a million-dollar hole-in-one contest? He, he's my insurance guy. I just, when I was with the Pro Tour, I called him, and I was like, Mike, insure this trailer. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And he's like, you shouldn't drive it because <laughs> he looked at my record. <laughs> so anyway, um, and Mike, I never did. Um, but anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Insurance, insurance. Oh, million insurance. dollar hole. So Mike, Mike said, I, I, I know how to make this happen. He insured it. It's about 5,000 bucks a day. Yeah. So for the 32 shots, $5,000. Per day at the event. Yeah. Well, just it's Thursday. It's just that day. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, 5,000 is also like, that's a pretty solid payout currently in disc golf. So like but that also sounds so little when we're talking about a million dollars. So that sounds like a great deal. Could have we could have done a CTP with a five thousand dollar payout. Yeah, I this, said no. I think this is cooler. Yeah, and now Matt was going to a point that's super duper fun. What happens when Paige or Kona or Evelina smash it into the chain? Okay, so there's the well, there's the immediate reaction. I have a quick question too. Yeah. so there's thirty two <laughs> so total shots. Yeah, what if Paige steps up on the first shot? nails it split the con- million. contest over she gets the million she gets the million no other million can be won that's that's right in the okay. contract it's the okay. first ace in okay Evan. so what chooses the order now because oh. but and then this comes up with the case like do you want to be first or do you want to get like win reads is it going to be the same order is i it have be a no idea i got that's a lot a of questions great, okay great first question. of all got five months to figure this out okay I work- 
I work in the safety world and a lot of times we we build um what we do around risk and hazard and what the likelihood is and is this a a very regularly occurring event or is it not frequent at all but a very high we'll call it catastrophic event in this case it's similar like what are the chances right have right. you ran any numbers on this that what are the chances is there a way to do that well, you're based, a stats guy based on the $5000 I'm guessing it's a 1 in 200 1 in 200 Based, throw it in based on the five thousand dollar insurance okay i mean yeah, that's, that's fair but then, that's not hard but insurance always has to make money so it's probably more like a one in two one in 203 yeah okay wow and i want to go back how for did, a second. Well, how, well, how do they do that did they look at they look at disc golf stats how do they know so disc golf? this i believe i genuinely believe you're working the system you're like that's worth 200 next bucks. year <laughs> This policy is going to be much more expensive. Okay, interesting. I believe they don't understand how good these players are. Okay. And I just want to say, we I mentioned the, the four best women in the world, but I didn't mention the woman who crushed it at LVC and had like 100 eagles or something. I don't even know, but yes. Ella Hansen. Oh, so the point yeah. is, like, she was yeah. ripping. She, she would be in so there. So my all question way. is, yes. Yeah, yeah. So the accu distance through U disc is going to probably look at the higher, the further throwing players is what Correct. we're saying. That's okay. the whole goal of it. Yep. Okay. So in the end, yes, the people who are here are going to have the best chance at it. That that's a great way so to work that tell, out. Tell Ella Hansen or Paige Pierce or any of these women, I'll give you a hundred shots at that basket, four hundred fifty <laughs> feet away. Try to get it in. And what are the odds of them getting in in a hundred shots? 50-50? Oh, man. That's what, the, that's what the insurance company's saying. And then just for the fun of it, Steve, you're probably like, yeah, go do it. What if I want to go out now and get a million-dollar insurance on an ace? Well, I'll be like, now this is sponsored by the Nick and Matt show. Go for it. Go like, for it. To bring it back a second, <laughs> a certain high-profile disc golfer that we know couldn't even get an ace on a what? 220-foot hole at Maple Hill? Oh, yeah. Simon. I'm just oh, kidding. Man. That was a little bit mean. I actually feel a little bit bad. Uh, I But... <laughs> But that gives me an idea as I would love to see him go out before the event and see well, how often he can yeah. do it after the, the whole thing's right. claimed. So that way when he gets I would, the third shot, it's okay. I would be a very bad host if I didn't push Steve at all. He's not going to answer. But Steve, there's, this is only one evening of the MVP. This is only one of the evenings. And I know that men also throw. I don't even know what you're talking about right now, Matt. Just saying, I'm I'm speculating now on my own show. All I am saying right now, Thursday night, we're having a one million dollar ace contest mm. for the women. It's that is gonna incredible. be awesome. That is incredible. I feel like um we can go to that point now just in because someone hits it. I'm going down that road. The immediate response will it possibly am i way out of left field here and saying that like the shot james conrad throwing in would we see reactions similar from a gallery like absolutely losing their be, mind yes they I, I think it would be double or triple that <laughs> and maybe and even it more it would be like absolute bedlam like and i'm saying like okay right climbing up so, christmas trees and just like <laughs> like just crazy i might need to insure some yeah. trees from, from up here like just what we can see monetary value James Conrad only got like five grand from that shot. Of course, he made a lot more in disc royalties. And yeah, the ripple long yes. term. Yes, but even but then, immediate. that's not a million dollars. Or I don't. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't think it is. Wow. Um, 
but then this. Well, for MVP, it might this, be, but not This, for you're champion. winning a million yeah. that moment. Yes. Like, you yes. just won a million dollars. Wow. And that could sell royalties, too. Let's say Ella oh, Hansen wins it. Dismania can, whatever dish she throws it in, can just <laughs> drop that, make a million dollars off that, too. Right. Okay, the it's disc. A two, it's a two million dollars shot. <laughs> yeah, it the is. disc hits the chains and falls out. I mean, then you have another reaction of <laughs> bedlam, like craziness. And then, what happens when someone does hit it? I'm talking about the immediate reactions right now. Paul Macbeth just leans back and he goes, "It's nice, isn't it?" <laughs> like he's so, like, <laughs> "You've got uh, yeah, exactly." Um, so you've got 350 people in bleachers behind the tea. Yeah, it could be more. You. Well, that's not just, in the bleachers. Just in the bleachers. <laughs> yeah, okay. You've got people lining the fairway. You've got people behind the pin, down, you know, basically an entire circle around this pin, 450 feet away. Um, it, it, and they're all going to be jumping up and down. The person that threw it is going to sprint down that hill, be very careful. It's a rough, it's a rough run. So run I, across the water. It's <laughs> a long, long time tradition at Maple Hill to oh, have to win the MVP Open. You jump in the you jump in the pond, right? Or if you make a million dollar shot. Okay, so they yeah. are allowed to hundred percent. Good yeah. because that I'll, would actually like... I would want everybody in the pond. Oh, I'll just call. Yes. It. I want I want if you're there if you're there and someone hits that I want everybody to run into that pond. Oh man, we need to call up American flag shorts guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they'd be controllable. In all seriousness, like we saw the shot after James, and it was crazy. I can't imagine a million dollars. Like, so that's the immediate. So, and um, imagine being at James Conrad's shot. Right. Imagine I have, being there. I have. It like <laughs> I jumped off the couch. And yes. Jess was asleep at the time, and she's like, "What just happened?" And I'm just yelling my head off, and uh, it was. It, being there would be a like a, a life moment. I agree. And this is that same thing. So now potentially I bring this up. If you can't make it to Maple Hill, let's say you live in California, a little bit too much of a trip to get out to Leicester. Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of plan on how to watch this? So we don't have any plan to watch it live yet. I haven't talked with anybody about that idea. <clears throat> uh, Gatekeeper will be covering this event. Um, I've talked with Derek at length. Uh, one goal was to have a drone above the pin so we can watch all of, because whether, whether somebody hits it or not, it's going to be an exciting contest. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. The person, well, it's funny. The person that gets the CTP will win $500. So, oh, okay. So, so, sorry. <laughs> that's, that's it. Um, so there's going to be a something anyway. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and that's an increase. Normally it's a hundred dollars. So that's just, we we're, we're bumping it up. Um, Love and it. so they'll have lots of cameras and it'll, it'll be, it'll be ready for post-production within a day or two. But, so try not to know if somebody hit it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no spoilers. I was going to say, if, if Disc Golf Network doesn't cover it, we could figure out how to get Nick and Matt's studio sitting up there doing a live broadcast. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. A lot of like Instagram live or I don't even know TikTok if they do live. Some things are going to be up. Our yeah, equipment sure. would get destroyed yeah. when someone hits it. Just yeah. throwing things. Yeah. <laughs> it's just your big fire goes right in the just, pond. Yeah, <laughs> just and we love it. We're just like we love it. Throw more in the pond. <laughs> like, just craziness. So that's immediacy. Then people are going to be just breathing heavy for the rest of the night. Like right. what happened? Right. Um, going from that point, I mean, James Conrad shot made it big and around the world. You'd have to believe that shot would as well. I mean, for sure, you're yeah. going to have cameras on it. ESPN is, would pick it up. Uh, 
lots of news would pick it up. Um, would we see more events start having million-dollar ace holes? I bet we would, and they would be paying a lot more money than I'm paying. Because, yeah, Some, someone's going to figure out how good these players are. All right. Well, you better start saving your money now so when they raise the price, <laughs> it's not a big I, I'm difference. Ready to, I, I want to do this every year. And actually, I have, I have plans for what we're, how we're going to expand it. Awesome. That's great to hear. Um, so that is an exclusive on the Nick and Matt show. Steve, we thank you so much for bringing that here. That is awesome. Really. Where, where else would I bring it? I mean, there's no other know. podcast on Lester. <laughs> I was going to say, it's just <laughs> conveniency. I heard Simon once say, I forget who it was. He was on Smashbox, right? And we love Smashbox. And they're like, you don't forget, Simon. Like, we're the OGs. And, and they're like, those Nick and Matt guys, they're trying to get you. And Simon, I don't know if he knows, but it was funny. I was watching the show and he goes, yeah, it's just more convenient. They're, they're nearby. <laughs> and I was like, I love you too, Simon. It is convenient. Um, just so you know, I will be on Smashbox tomorrow night. Mm. Shout out to Terry and Johnny. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually going to be interviewed by uh, Ulti World's Charlie it, Eisen. Charlie yeah. Eisen. Yeah, Eisenhood. Eisenhood. I always think of Eisenhower, but it's Eisenhood. <laughs> no, it's Eisenhood. It's Eisenhower. Eisenhower. I'm going to call him that. <laughs> but I'll be on that uh, their interview series on Wednesday. So. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's spectacular. Just even thinking about what that would be like is is just worth the million. No, it's worth the five thousand right and, there. The opportunity. And, and we will be discussing the women's million dollars. But uh, but I'm going to. It's already the, broken. Broke the news. It's already here. broken. Yeah. You can't put it back in. Right. Uh, never mind. <laughs> All right. I was thinking that oh, I've had four kids with my wife. I'm like, once the water breaks, it's not going back in. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Sorry. I know I'm a dad. What can I say? All right. Um, so you talked about a lot of these, these questions that I had. Uh, let's just see here. You mentioned parking. Do you mind elaborating on that just a little bit? Are we talking like paved parking surfaces no. or like trees taken down more space or just better gravel and land to park so, on. So last year we did a lot of clearing um, up on hole seven to the left of hole 17 gold. And that lot was the top part of it was able to be used, but the rest of it was, was too steep. And so what, one of the plans is to make a, uh, a path that goes down the hill and people kind of angle park in onto that path. And then they can pull out and go down and we're going to have a loop all the way around. So it's going to be the parking around that area is going to be a loop, a one-way loop. Um, and then there's another field to the, well, if you're, if you're looking down into the parking lot, it's to the right of that. There's, just, there's a lot of land there, and we're just going to clear that out year by year. Um, we're budgeting about $10,000 to in, improve the parking. Uh, and uh, in 2022, all of the players and media will be parking across the street and all of the spectators will be parking on the on the golf course side of the street. So that's, that's a, that's going to simplify things quite a bit. Okay. So that helps transition this topic then to a little bit separate. Well, no, it's not separate from the event at all. It's not necessarily the activities of the event, but how we get into the event. So parking is part of that. Um, VIP tickets um, are uh, for parking. Oh, they're VIP parking tickets, yes. VIP parking tickets. Do yep. you want to say where those people get to park? Uh, those people park in the upper lot, right right in between holes 1 and 18. It's the, the primo spot. Uh, if you come to play Maple Hill uh, at, during the year, nine times out of ten, that's where you're parking. Um, and then if you come during the MVP Open, uh, the only way to get that 
is to pay $300, get a, a VIP ticket all four days. Actually, it's a gold level ticket all four days and VIP parking all four days. Steve? Yes. Did you just say $300? I said $300. For a, going to watch disc golf? Yes, And I parking did. in the normal parking yes, lot? Yes, I did. And I will go ahead and tell you, most of those are already sold. Wow. Wow. I'm real. And they've been on sale for 10 hours. Something like that. <laughs> Evan, did you get a, a gold level VIP ticket? I, I did not. I got I to gotta learn more about this and snatch it up if it's not too late. But I, I will say, like, being there last year, that was the first time I was there. Like, it is packed. There are so many people trying to park. They're like, it's not like. I mean, obviously, we know disc golf has grown in the last couple of years. It's not just, you know, just drive on up and get a spot. Like, it, there's a ton of people there. It's it. It feels like if you're going to, like, Fenway Park or something, limited parking, when they have their, you know, VIP parking things, they're parking all the cars in with, like, a valet, and they're stuffing that in. There's not a lot of room. And if you want to make it, you've still got to pay for parking and walk a little bit. When I go to Red Sox games, I have to take the train in or park 15 minute walk away to still pay 30, $40. Uh, it's, it's just getting to that level. It's not like it's so some crazy thing. I would, but, Oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you finish. No, that was, that was really it. Just like, it's not surprising because it is so popular. Uh, I would encourage everybody get your tickets. Please come down carpool or have somebody drop you off. I would love it if nobody parked. That would the uh, the reason we charge twenty dollars to park on site. Uh, the VIP tar parking, I I don't even know how much it is. It, well, you said you could only get that if you, you could did only get it the if gold. You're doing so the, it's not really broken down. Yeah, it's anyways. not broken down. But so parking in in all of the lower lots is twenty bucks a day, which it feels like Fenway prices, although they're probably more than that. Um, but we have we're so limited in parking. And that's one of the reasons we're investing. We've invested the last three years, oh, probably the last 10, uh, in growing the parking. And every year we'll keep making the parking better and better. And every year, because there's so many cars, somebody gets parked in a spot that's not ideal. Um, I loved uh, Jason down in the lower lot was actually challenging guys in their four by four trucks. He's like, you think you could park it up on that hill? And, then, and I was they, one of those. <laughs> oh, thank you, Matt. Yeah, I said, let's go. <laughs> Make it, making spot for a Honda. Uh, you, yes. There's so many ways this could go. I'm going to give you two, I'm going to give you a couple opportunities here. One is just to tell us the pricing breakdown because people here are 300 and they're like, oh, I'll just watch from home, which is a great option as well. Disc Golf Network's killing it. Yeah. But. I, we want to hear all the prices. Uh, if you don't mind, just you don't have to give us every price. But generally speaking, someone could come out on a Friday or a Saturday or Sunday. What could they pay to just simply watch this? So golf? general admission on Friday, on Thursday and Friday is twenty bucks. Okay. And I'll go ahead and let you guys in on a little secret. Right. Part of the reason that we're doing the uh, the the million dollar shot on Thursday is because Thursday is the day that the least people want to come. You you want to come on Friday when when somebody's had a hot round or on Saturday the moving day or on Sunday the finals, so we're gonna have our million dollar shot on Thursday on purpose so that people come say in addition to following one of these feature cards, I'm gonna also get to watch this million dollar shot. So twenty bucks gets you uh, a day of coverage at Maple Hill eight to eight, um, including the million dollar shot. Uh, that's general admission. I think. Uh, 
there's silver level, which is maybe 30 or 35, and then gold, which is 40 or 45. I, I, I don't actually know all of the numbers off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> I would be impressed, though. I would be really So th- Thursday and Friday is 20 bucks general admission. <clears throat> Saturday is, I believe, 25 bucks general admission. And then Sunday is 35 bucks general admission. And um, it's, yeah, it, it's being on site uh, at Maple Hill on s- finals Sunday. Uh, the atmosphere is electric. It's it. I rem I I remember when and I it's funny because I um I remember when Ron Russell made a shot in two thousand four. He he went ob. On, he was he was tied with Brinster or one ahead of him. He went ob on the first shot and then he's like two hundred feet down on hole eighteen and he throws this comet up and it just like stalls out right above the green and then just goes, whoosh, lands two feet from the basket and we're all going crazy. There's like eighteen of us. You know, or however many, I, there might have been 30. I don't know. <laughs> but either which way, there's less than 100 people there. And we're all going crazy. And I'm saying to myself, disc golf can be a sport people love to watch. And uh, I, I knew it could. I didn't know it would take this long to get here. But I knew, I knew we could do this. And it's being at Maple Hill on the final day is so electric. And it's such an experience. And once you're there, you're, you're there every year because you've, you've been able to, to feel all of those both positive and negative emotions. And, uh, (laughs) and yeah. And then you get down and watch the pond jump and you see people come out of that pond and they're excited to do it. And yeah, it's, it's just a beautiful day. Um, so anyway, the, uh, the prices were 20, 20, 25 and 35. And then there's a silver level, which allows you to get onto hole eight. Um, I think eight holes, eight holes. I think that's 10 bucks extra. And then there's a gold level, which lets you basically go anywhere except the whole 18 tailgater spot, which is, which is just, you know, it's like, that would be like walking into someone else's house. So you can't do that, (laughs) but you get to go, you get to go everywhere else. So I, I want to be fully transparent here. I've been a big supporter of you since I, and I feel very similarly. It could be a false presented, but I feel like a big supporter that Steve is of us and what we do. Uh, I can remember walking in back over Marshall street when you were editing on an iMac down there, or you had, you know, yeah. disc golf coverage that you used to do with a handy cam. <laughs> yeah. And you're no, like, I never filmed. Well, I, I never you put it together and you did commentary. Yeah, I never filmed successfully. Okay. You did the commentary, uh, you know, WW SmackDown yes. birdie, right? All that good stuff. So, and you would, and I feel like you demonstrated to me, you knew I, I was into media. You knew I liked it. Matt, here is a DVD. Tell me what you think about it. Like Steve, and I'm saying this with Steve present, so it could be, you know, kissing his butt, but, but, but. It, it feels good. <laughs> for those, for those that are listening and not watching, we're separated by tables. <laughs> but I will say Steve is someone who gets feedback and tries to figure out how to handle it. And if he really believes something that needs to happen is important, this is similar to me in a lot of things. Like I just get hard headed. He's going to do it until it doesn't work. And he's going to try it again a different way in a different way. And the reality is here, people that are saying like, it's not worth it. Or there are people that are responding that way. I've been there and I'm not rich, but I feel like it's well worth it. I already purchased that VIP. I feel like the experience, you have to be there to understand it. If you think it's like any other disc golf tournament out there, you're wrong. It's standalone. I've been to a few. I've been to a handful of them on the Pro Tour. It is totally different. Evan said this was his first. He's been to a few others. It's totally different. If you can watch the event for 20 bucks, 
it's worth it. If you want the extra experience, by the way, you brought up the uh, VIP tailgating. I don't know where else that happens, but doing it at Maple Hill was above and beyond. Last year, I was just blown away by the experience. It was just really fantastic right there on the fairway. Or not the fairway. You were on just, the fairway. Just off the fairway. <laughs> we're on the fairway. I love the fact that people brought their grills. Oh, yeah. They brought TVs. Yep. Uh, they, they knew they had power. They had TVs, uh, tables. It was, And they had those nice metal gazebos. Uh, that was a really fun thing to see. Uh, Hannah Macbeth actually called it the train station, which I thought was a really <laughs> yeah, nice name. There so. you go. You've talked about in the past, uh, because we're just on this train of talking about the tournament, you've talked about in the past, you've tried it. And this is kind of where I was going with this. You've tried a lot of things over the previous <laughs> 10 years. One of them being, uh, 20. And, and maybe we're still doing it, but uh, just touch on real quick, shuttling. There's the Worcester Regional Airport. Mm -hmm. That's really not a busy airport. And there's a lot of parking usually available. Right. You've tried that. Are you still going to try that? Or is that just something that just didn't work? So uh, I think it was two years, maybe it was three years ago now. We we said, okay, overflow parking, going to the airport. And uh, and my, my favorite moment of the year, besides being with my family and being with other people that yes. I love and all the, but my favorite moment of the year is parking people on Sunday afternoon. Um, I, I don't really understand all of a sudden my knees don't hurt all of a sudden I can run forever and I'm waving people on, come on, I've got a spot for you. And, uh, thank God we had such a good crew because I was able to just do a lot of pointing this year. Um, but fitting cars in where other people are afraid to put them. Um, and my mom will say, okay, this lot's full. And I'll say, okay, we're going to do this. And we get eight more cars in there and then, okay, that lot's full. We'll get 12 more cars in there. That's like the most exciting moment of my year and it's kind of funny that i really love parking cars i just want to <laughs> it's a it's a little puzzle i can fit i can fit your little car right in there um and uh but where i was going was we did that in three years ago and there was literally one more car that we couldn't fit in and i said okay you're the first person you're going over to the shuttle nobody else came after that <laughs> I could have just parked him at the end of my driveway. Yeah, yeah. It was so bad. And so we had a shuttle driver, Cody Berman, my, my yes, nephew, I remember. or my cousin. Yes. Um, he, he shuttled the guy back and then he just had to wait until that guy was done watching and then shuttled him back. It's the VIP like, oh, experience. Was that was so, excellent. It was, he didn't have to pay parking cause he was shuttled. It was so bad. <laughs> It was, it was, remind me to show up at the last minute on Sunday. <laughs> it was so anyway, last year, that was three years ago. Then two years ago, I, uh, I said, I don't care hell or high water. I don't care who's here. I'm getting them on this farm. And we put everybody in the farm. And my mom said, you can't do that again because my mom's in charge of parking. And so last year, um, what we did was we took all of the staff and we put all the staff over in the parking lot at the airport and shuttled them back. We had control over them. They all came at the same time. In general, they all left at the same time. We actually had a staff member whose job it was to shuttle. Um, so this year we'll have two staff members whose job it is to shuttle so we can so they don't have to wait up 15, 20 minutes. Um, and that's another thing we should talk about is staff. We have, we have the best staff in the world. Um, yes, thank you, Ben. Um, so, but anyway... Uh, the the we will be using the auxiliary parking lot, but we'll be doing it for staff. Okay, I, I am somebody who's a big supporter, so you're going to hear a biased message, but I believe it's coming from a well thought out standpoint. I mean, I live here, <laughs> but I would say to those who are still skeptical, if there are, 
we still we see them. It's it's the sticker it's sticker shock to some people because disc golf hasn't been here before. And I get that. But I would just say test it. I'm not saying Steve says money back guarantee. I'm considering <clears throat> Okay, here's a here's a, a question you don't have to answer right now, but you said you're almost sold out. <laughs> you're almost sold out of those VIP. Sounds packages. like something I told Jess a while back. <laughs> here's a question. Do you don't, don't have to answer. Don't yet. answer right now. Will you marry me? Don't answer. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um so do you have those VIP, like the $300 gold VIP passes left? Well, are there any left? Yeah, you um, think so? When, when I was on my, we had 50 of them total. When I was on my way here, there were 19 left. Okay, the Nick and Matt show is going to buy one, and we're going to do a giveaway. I love it. Okay. <clears throat> so Unpr if, unprompted. This is totally. This is, uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, they're not yeah. already sold out. Uh, that's why I'm oh, asking. that's true. If yeah. they're okay. sold out, we've got one more, and we'll shuttle you from the airport. No. <laughs> <laughs> Matt will show you. I will not. Yeah, that's right. You can come with me. The real VIP experience. No, I'm kidding. That would be not a good experience. But okay, so I will do that after the show. Hopefully it's not because now everyone's running over there. We'll figure it out. And we'll do a giveaway where we'll let you have that experience. And then you might say, well, that was worth it because I didn't have to pay for it. But if you really believe like it's it's worth it, like let people know the experience. I'm going back year after year spending the money to do it because I feel like it's worth it. Um, test it out. It's different than any other event. Again, I've heard people come and they go, wow, all the like the vending is right here. It's right. not like right. at a separate location at even the venue. Like it's all everything food vending the whole thing pro shop there whole 18 where it finishes out i mean the nostalgia of it all it's just it's excellent so, so we yeah go you ahead. mentioned the vending uh we're we're basically doubling the number of vendors i, I think we're wow. gonna have 14 vendors this year wow uh, i'm doing this because that's the way they're gonna line up <laughs> um and then new disc golf new england women's disc golf is going to be uh hosting a um an escape room we're going to have a disc themed escape room. Um, it's going to be, there's going to be, I don't know exactly how many, four to seven puzzles. And when you solve one of the puzzles, a little part of the wall gets knocked out. And then uh, at the end, when, when your time is up, it's maybe just two to three minutes, very quick. Uh, go in there with your friends and solve all the puzzles. At the end, you're going to have a mini and you have to try to throw it through the wall to win. So that's so we have we have we have an escape room this year from what i understand the pro tour is going to have games that families and kids can play um we've talked about having a putting contest a speed putting contest where the winner will win who knows what uh maybe a maple home membership maybe a, a maybe a, a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> um but uh and then all the vendors we've obviously got all the food we've got all the the beer um and then we've got all of the course uh bleachers on hole eight expanded bleachers on eight expanded bleachers on 14 expanded bleachers on hole one with a stage um improved parking and uh the best disc golfers in the world yeah so we could go on and on and on uh in fact <clears throat> would you be open to anybody that wants to phone call in and ask you a question live of course okay of so course. ben pull up pull up that we don't need an intro for that we're just going to put up the phone number so if let me see. I want to make sure I can answer this phone call real quick. Where did I put it? Uh, maybe it's right here. Okay. Yeah. Call in. Uh, you want to mute that for us, Ben, so that way we don't hear the ring. All right. Call in. If you have a question for Steve about you think he's crazy, <laughs> that's what we want. We don't want you to be offensive, but we want you to think he's crazy. That's fair. <laughs> it is. There, there have been many people who would agree. 
All right, so we open up the phone lines. We'll see if anybody, you know, wants to do that. We got Mike Schwartz in the, the chat, by the way. I Mike, love Mike yeah. Schwartz. He's our, our volunteer coordinator. He's answering the questions I'm asking you. Yes, all the staff will be shuttled. <laughs> He's got, all yeah. right, we got a phone call coming in. Let me answer this. Uh, welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. You're live. What do you have? Oh, uh, yeah, I was just wondering uh, with the uh, deal with MVP, maybe it's been said, are you guys looking to do more expansions to the course and what's already there? Uh, great question. Um, regarding the course itself, I'm assuming you're talking about the play, not, not about bleachers and things like that. Uh, the only change to the course this year is going to be 12 diamond. Uh, we looked at 12, uh, and it was a very difficult hole for the women. And so we're shortening up that tee, and it's actually going to be a new 12 white tee as well. So 12 diamond is the only change to the course. Great question. Yeah. Thanks for your Thank call. You. Appreciate it. Thanks for your call. All right, that's what we're looking for. Um, you might have missed this was this has been a decently long interview, so some people might have missed some of the questions. But feel free to call in. Uh, we'll see what we can touch on beyond that. Steve, there is a ticket left. I'm so go, while go while it. we're waiting for that, uh, unless it's here, nope, oh, we don't uh, have another one yet. The, the um, I wanted to touch on the staff because there is a little bit of controversy about asking volunteers to pay $99 to volunteer. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up because I thought we talked a lot, but go for it. Uh, well, I just want to say um, I love our staff. Um, our staff is fantastic. Uh, we've got Mike, Mike Schwartz can verify this, but I think we've got 80 or 90 people already signed up to be on staff and we haven't made it public yet. This is the, we, we've asked the people who were staff last year if they would like to come back and staff again. And we're getting about a 75 to 80% return rate, which is, Fantastic. Now, having said that, we want more staff than we had last year. Having said that, I believe we will get more staff than we had last year, and I believe we will not be able to use everybody that wants to be on staff. I believe at the end of this tournament, there will be a wait list to be on staff. And that wait, just like the Masters, if you wanted staff at the Masters, you pay your $350 and you get, just like, just like at the MVP, you get breakfast, lunch, dinner, you get a shirt each day. Um, you get a signed disc, you get a, a, a staff pack worth well over the amount of money you're putting in. Um, and, but to do it, you have to get on a wait list. that's about seven years long. <laughs> and I'm, I'm being serious. And you are, you are able to staff until you don't, and then you lose your spot and you go back to the end of the line and someone fills it in. And after this year, that is where the MVP open will be. We will have a staff that is set. And when somebody drops off, we fill them in wow. with the new person on the wait list. We were very close to doing it last year. And in the last minute, Mike Schwartz said, Steve, let everybody in off the wait list that wants to staff. I'm glad he said that. He's a he's a an asset to the event. He's, he's so um anyway, if you want to staff the event, you go to MVPopen.com, just click the staff application button, and you can be on staff for ninety nine bucks, and then you get uh Ben, is it worth it? Hundred per hundred percent worth it. I had a great time. I even got to caddy final round for Matty O while being a staff. So no guarantees. That's not a guarantee, but it was worth it. The player pack was indeed worth it. Um just a James Condra Conrad MV alone is going for like seventy bucks on eBay. So like hundred percent worth it. It's a good time. Steve's Steve's awesome. So all right. Come on. So I just secured another I say another because I did my own, but another gold pass, which includes VIP parking for every day, which is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Did you say Sunday? Sunday, yeah. 
Four days? Four days. Did, where did I miss that announcement? Yeah, where did you miss that did announcement? Did you say that earlier and I just totally glossed over it? You in my know, head. I, I, well, I've been talking Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, All Sunday. Right. So I, I, didn't, I never specifically said there were four days, but there are. The playoffs, baby. Four days. Four days. So we're going to find out how to give that away. We're going to grow it because I don't want it to just be, oh, it could be just our faithful. You know, what, you know what Paul McBeth told me after last year's event? What did he tell you? He said, you need, we need four days here. That's the one thing he said, and that was the, I was just like, we're going to make one change. One change. <laughs> wow. Four days. Uh, call in. Do you like that? What, do you, what else do you think could happen that would make MVP even better? So we'll give those tickets away. I want to do this real quick. Steve didn't agree to do a, a sponsorship deal for this company. So the Nick and Matt show is. He doesn't have to say anything unless he wants to. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, on screen, and those of you listening, is DG Max Wax. DG Max Wax is a product that enhances your grip. What did I do with the, uh, do you have the chapstick one? No, I have it. Okay, here we go. Sorry, I'm blaming it on everyone else. This little container of what looks like chapstick has in it the same product that I was just holding in the shape of a mini. And this is actually a legal mini. You can use this mini uh, as a disc golf mini and enhance your grip every time you pick it up. Uh, and... This is the chapstick version of it. It's not actually for your, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you could do it on your lips. <laughs> Smells good. I'm not going to actually do it. Evan, you're sitting on the other side of me. We've talked to Nick about this a few times. I gave you the product tonight and I said, here's a disc. Try it without. Here's the, the DG Max Wax Mini. You said, how do you use it? I saw you start to rub it on the disc. I said, no, don't rub it on the disc. Rub it on your fingers. And so you did. And then what was your reaction when you grabbed the disc? What, you said something about, I, I like this, but why? I, I did like it. It you definitely notice it being grip and like I was picturing sticky and it's not sticky. It's just purely grippy. Uh, it also smells very good. Like you were saying, I was very impressed with the smell, but it definitely is very grippy. Uh, I'm, I'm already sold on it. I I've been away for a couple of weeks. I haven't, uh, I don't know if I've been on this ad yet, but I'm excited for it uh, and would want to try it out. And you keep saying not sticky grippy. And I think some people hear grippy as I'm not going to be able to let go. But that's what you're saying. It's not exactly like I, I was thinking, like, I mean, Nick, Nick was talking about his, his spider tag video where the, he was holding up the disc by his you know, fingertips. Uh, it's nothing like that. It's not like it's you're going to be holding onto the disc and not let go. Uh, it's it's you just notice it being grippier, which, again, I need to find a better word to say grippy, but not sticky oh. without saying oh. grippy, but not sticky. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I want to say. And I just tossed it over to Steve. He can react or not react if he wants to. You get it on your fingers and then you grab the desk. <laughs> so there's a lot of reasons pro disc golfers throw farther than us. <laughs> We've kind of talked about a few. Matt, they throw better than you because they, they are better than you. Okay, that's fine. But they also throw with better speed of spin. Okay. I, I, there's another reason they throw okay. farther than All right. I know me. Okay. Uh, and that's luck. <laughs> They are just really lucky. All the time. All Almost the, all the time. Every time. So technique, uh, arm speed, luck, <laughs> flexibility, body structure, athleticism are some of the most commonly understood and discussed. They've hired Seth Muncy. They've hired their own, you know, athletic trainers to help them with this process. But there's another reason, and it's spin. Pros put a lot more spin than we do. I feel that. Steve, if we go back years ago, I remember having a conversation. You said, wouldn't it be great to throw like, uh, let's say dye the disc half black and half color and let's slow it down and let's yeah. see the revolutions. Yeah. 
if you throw it with this much, you know, spin, you'll get it to do this. If you throw it and you could figure it out. This product here, and this is to Evan's point, my point, it enhances your grip. It doesn't remove the, we'll say the birdie bags or the whale sacks. It doesn't remove that. You're going to dry your hands, get your hands dry. Then you're going to use this product and enhance the grip. So uh, it, you may have seen Nick Carl, Paul McBeth talking about all these different products. It was not DG Max Wax, but it was the idea of enhancing your grip. This is that. If you go to dgmaxwax.com, use the code Nick and Matt, get 10% off your order. You'll support a growing uh, disc golf company. Matt, I, I'm going to go ahead and just say I am blown away. I had no idea what this was going to do. Okay. Uh, I am blown away. I I put it on my right hand, which had a little ice cream stickiness on it. <laughs> so I apologize if that messes up this little disc. Um, and then you hold the disc, and it's it's a little insanity. Um, wow. And, the, and then the left the left hand, which doesn't have the ice cream or Max Wax on it, uh, is as slippery as all get out. <laughs> It's like lotioned up his hand before he grabbed it. <laughs> Steve, just check this out real quick, too. This is the uh, chapstick version, meaning you can just use that in your pocket and you just rub it on your throwing hand fingers. Yeah, yeah, you gripped. <laughs> Bring it home tonight. Honey, my lips are really grippy. <laughs> uh, just lotions my head every night. I don't need I don't need this. So you just, that's a great little product there. I, I actually think that's one of the more uh, innovative. I feel like the idea of putting in a chapstick I keep in my pocket. I don't understand this. You just run your thumb over that? Your thumb or the fingertips on your throwing hand, and it's the same product inside of the chapstick. Oh, okay. I just like the fact that it's super convenient. So that's anyways, you're hearing us over talk about it because I actually believe it. These people should pay you the way you're talking about this product. Yeah, I don't know how that works. We'll figure it out one day. Yeah, Max Wax. <laughs> uh, so what I would say is the Max Wax people, do they, do they sell this wholesale? Ah, that's a good question. I don't have that information that they do, but I guarantee you they would discuss that option. I have them reach out to me at Maple Hill, and uh, we'll look at carrying this because we uh, we we carry other products that do similar things and do do a good job. Of I'm it. sure they would. And these guys do as good or better a job, and it's a and it's a really cool little package. So, and they're gonna. So I do know a little bit more that they're working on. They're gonna have a case. For that mini, for those that don't want to have it just stored yeah, as a mini, sure. you could have a little plastic case that it goes in. This is a but good workaround, though. I, I yeah. think that's fantastic. So, yeah, I'll provide you that information. Go check it out again, dgmaxwax.com, and get you some. I've seen people saying they have. Uh, so, Steve, we're, we're getting to the end here of this conversation around MVP. It's going to be that way for the next 10 years, MVP. Can you just tell us, uh, you're a visionary. I, I know you kind of well over the years <laughs> i've seen a lot of things you've obviously were the founder of the disc golf pro tour and it's a meaning visionary futurist how do we do this you kick it off you get your you get it going and maybe you carry it on maybe you pass it off we saw that with the disc golf pro tour but you start it and i i feel you're doing things way better than me don't hear this but i feel a lot with me i like to create and then kind of just say who wants it right What's the MVP open, the event? I know that's kind of constrained as far as like it's happening here. It's not like a franchise model, <laughs> but like the event itself, if things go perfect in 10 years, is there an end goal for this? Or is it in the next three, we're going to get to that end goal and just maintain it? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, I, is, is I there... do see what you're saying. Um, and it, it depends where disc golf goes. 
Uh, right now, when you go to watch a disc golf tournament, you you want to follow the lead card. That's four years ago. That's what you did because there were thirty of you, and then there were eighty, and then there were one hundred and twenty, and then we had to start restricting it. Um, so if we can get as a sport, if we can get over the hump of I have to watch the lead card all the time, or I'm going to be sad. If if you can get beyond that then the sky's the limit. Um, I, I anticipate having six, seven, eight hundred people on hole eight watching that. It's, it's going to be a stadium hole. It's going to be Maple Hill's version of a stadium hole. Mm. Um, so that right there is 800 people. Hole 14, you could do the exact same thing. It's a beautiful water hole coming right at you. <clears throat> hole five, why not have... Uh, floating bleachers watching imagine floating bleachers i have right we all have <laughs> oh my gosh it's obvious so but what would people pay to sit out there in their floating bleachers and watch hole five and then turn around and watch the shots on hole eight it not like, only vip like, passes you can get the canoe pass now canoe right pass. we'll just have buoys you can't go past It'd be the... sponsored by canoes the, the san francisco that, giants their stadium's right on the bay there when yes. barry bonds played there they would wait lefty friendly you hit home runs out into right field into the water yeah people would be kayaking to try to get the baseballs that'd be really cool <laughs> if you could I, oh, I, wow. you, you would almost have to have like you know like swim buoy lane so people don't right. get over That's to right. hall later get in the way well, but I, I would anticipate actual seats out there where they yeah. can't canoe around but who knows it might be bring your kayak how cool would that be fishing watching disc golf hey we got someone calling in we're gonna actually take that and then we have a couple closing thoughts welcome to the nick and matt show you had a question what do you got oh you there hey um i I was just uh, thinking of saying how beneficial it might be for people to uh on the fence you know to uh get those extra vip tickets and how it'd be worth it. It's uh, in my opinion, it, everybody's going to make their own decision. If, if you think it's too expensive, it's too expensive. Uh, I oh, don't know. I was trying to, I was trying to uh, say that it would be a good decision to do that. Oh, I, I agree oh. with you. I agree with you entirely. I, I believe you agree with you. <laughs> like, uh, if anything, it's undervalued. Um, but disc golf's not ready for, or where we're going yet. Um, but uh, I don't go to the aquarium every day because it's 60 bucks and 40 <laughs> bucks to right. park. That's right, so, Steve. So it, but I do go sometimes. Yes. And it, when I go, it's worth it. Um, the MVP Absolutely. Open happens once a year. Uh, you get an opportunity to literally see the best players in the world. This year, we're hey. a, a part of the first ever playoff event. Um, it, it, the atmosphere, which has been electric, is going to be ramped up as Spinal Tap says, 211. I 100% agree, as my name is David Hoey, and uh, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> David, David Hoey, one of, the, one of the many people who have been engaged, got engaged at Maple Hill. Thank you, David. Heck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 am, I am a big supporter, and I just want people to know that if they choose to spend their money on this, it's well worth it. Agreed. And if they choose not to, that's okay. Watch on DGN. It, it really is okay. Yes. It, the coverage it, is amazing. I yes. can't believe where we're at. Yeah. But being on site uh, is, is electric. Um, David, you reminded me of, uh, we, we sent out a, um, an email to, to a bunch of people 
who were at the event, staff and spectators. And one of yes. the one of the replies I got back was somebody was on hole five. They were watching and they, they had a, a VIP pass last year and they were watching on hole five. And they said, I couldn't see the tee or, or the basket, but Calvin Heimberg threw his ace and it was the most exciting shot I've ever been present to, to hear. It, like they didn't yeah. see any part of the shot, yes. but that, but that yeah. moment rang true because they're surrounded by 300 other people who are just all going crazy because Calvin just moved up a couple of strokes and we just watched an ace on hole five and it, it, and he didn't even win a million dollars. He didn't even win a million dollars, but he was <laughs> like, that was the moment that he relayed to me as super duper special, just because you're surrounded by all those people. When you're at home and you watch a great shot, it's okay. You get to eat your popcorn. But when you're at the event, it's just the atmosphere is electric. It's, it's electric and it's within that 150 foot space at Maple Hill. And you have a bunch of them. You know, you don't know when it's going to strike, but it's gonna. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Thanks for calling, Dave. Really appreciate it. Good our, seeing you last night. Our Saturday. best to Bridget. Yeah, you you too, Matt. I love you guys. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. I, I just want to close up that whole topic. We brought Steve in. In fact, he he's like, hey, whatever you want. And I said, hey, let's come in. Let's make this. Let's do the whole show with Steve Dodge in studio. People... I would just say, hold your, 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 everyone's fine giving their opinions on this for sure. But I would say, hold and give that little disclaimer at the end. But you know what? I've never been there before. And if that's the case, come out and then give your opinion on it because it is different. You're just going to have to believe what we're saying. You don't have to spend the money. You got to believe us that it's worth it to a lot of people. In fact, I think you're just about sold out on those VIPs, which yeah. is incredible. And uh, that's a great place. So let me just give these last two thoughts for the event we wrap the, the this up. sunday gold tickets are sold out saturday gold tickets are almost sold out okay yeah but the all the full the full event the gold gold <laughs> oh yeah yeah the 300 dollars tickets are almost gone okay we gotta is, buy another which one is just the gold we'll gold out. gold gold with vip is podcast. scalping a thing in the disc golf world because could i just buy the rest of them out and just scalp them <laughs> I, 500 I a is scalping a thing in the disc golf world <laughs> It, it maybe not in tickets, but we all talk about discs. Oh, right. Discs. Oh, like, that's yeah, right. it's clearly yeah. in the disc yeah. golf world. So, so I'm going to buy a few more of these up and uh, <laughs> tap my overdraft. Ma no, kidding. And then we'll sell them 500 a pop, make people real happy. All right. DGN coverage quality at Maple. Are there any talks? This is the short version. Are there yeah. any talks? I know there have been in previous years. Is there any movement there that you're aware of? I know that's not your thing. DGN is their thing. So I know that I know that DGN is talking with Verizon to up the service. Um, I would love to get a cell tower out on eleven yeah. thirteen. Um, what we're doing is we're going to increase the um, the Wi-Fi signal at around the pro shop and encourage everybody around hole eighteen to piggyback on that Wi-Fi signal and not use that broadband. Mm -hmm. um, that will improve it because. All the all the people on the property are basically using the same cell tower, I think. Uh, so that will help alleviate a lot of the uh, a lot of the stress on the system. Okay. And then this was my grandiose. You said uh, floating, you know, bleachers on five. My thought always was a deck on top of hole eleven, and I'm talking like an expansive deck where you actually get tables with umbrellas and servers out there with drinks and food, the like VIP VIP, like 
and elevate it so you can see all of 11, 12, 13. That is 13. such a great idea. Oh, man, so just, I've thought about that let, for years. Let me tell you what I think. How much money is that? Two million dollar contract, oh, gone. Unbutton my jacket <laughs> on this one. Okay. So here's what I think will happen. Um, I think that in two years, I will convince Tom, assuming he doesn't watch yes. this. If he watches this, it, it'll take three. <laughs> it'll take three. Uh, but Let it, me add him. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I believe in two years, we will have a deck T on hole 11 and hole 13. Mm. It'll be pretty damn big because you don't want to fall off of a deck. Um, but I see it being 10, 12 feet tall. Uh 60, 70 feet long so that it can establish a, a T for 11 and then go in the other way, a T for 13. I had never considered expanding it sideways, make it a 70 by 70 deck. And then you've got tables and servers and in that, all seriousness, because we were having this conversation yeah. last year and the VIP tailgating, I thought was what kind of, it's not what started my thought process, but I said, how can you take this further? And in my head and how do I come off not sounding rich on this show? Cause I'm not rich. I uh, definitely the rest of the world. We are well off in the United States. I agree. Sure. But in my head, I'm like, what would that be worth to me? And I feel like all four days MVP open on a deck up there in 11, where I can sit at a table and have food catered With to an me. Umbrella. Yes. Yeah. I'm talking a ticket well over a thousand dollars per person. I really feel like that Matt, for four I, days. I love the way you're thinking. I, I just, um, and if you could fit 50 people up there, see, there you go. Like, I don't know. I'm just thinking like it would be the true VIP. Um, I, I could see a, a runway right down the middle, the diagonal of a square, and then the triangles, you have people sitting and, and eating and getting drinks. Mm. Uh, I think a thousand is a little ridiculous. High? I, yeah, I think that's way too high. Steve is like, okay, he's the man of the people. Well, I, $300 for a disc golf event. Nobody, what? That's crazy. Okay. So throw, crazy. A few, throw a few other experiences in there. Having, you get to hang out with a few of the players after an event. Having they, said okay. that it's crazy, it's going to sell out. Yes, exactly. Probably in the, on the second day. Exactly. And we're five months from the event. So I, I guess it's not crazy. It's, it'll get there one but day. But it feels crazy. Matt, they're asking, Matt, why did you bring this up? Shut up, Matt. <laughs> that's too much. All right. It feels crazy. But no, I love the idea of a big deck up there, though. That's a great idea. Yeah. And as long as the wind doesn't come through, you got to build that really strong. <laughs> so you're sponsored by Max Wax, and they're great. I'm sponsored by Maple Hill. I got to do a little Maple Hill shout out. Great. So Maple Hill this year, um, we improved the Sap House Pro Shop dramatically. It's a, it's a finished building now. You come into a, a boutique disc golf shop. Actually, I don't know. How do you pronounce that word? Boutique or boutique? Boutique, boutique is what I would probably say. But when you said it, I didn't think anything. Jess of it. always says I say it wrong and I never know which way I'm supposed to say it. So boutique. Boutique. Yeah, probably, all right. Yeah. This one's for you, Jess. Boot, boutique. <laughs> there we go. Disc golf shop. <laughs> um, and then uh, also on, uh, we're starting a, uh, an instructional league on Monday nights taught by Gage Benson. Um, uh, April through October, the the first Monday is putting and the second Monday is approach and all that jazz. You can go to maplehilldiscgolf.com under events and see all this. But every Monday, there's going to be an instructional league for up to 15 people. On Tuesdays, we have our normal league. On Wednesdays, we have the women's league and women play free all day Wednesday. And then we have the Comet Cosmic Disc Golf League, which is the first Friday morning of every month from April to October. So... There's lots going on. This is the most organized Maple Hill has ever been as far as our calendar goes. Uh, and then, obviously, the MVP Open 
happening in September. I got a little taste of the uh, pro shop a month or two ago, and it was looking great. And I think I saw pictures since then. So it's definitely going to be an upgraded experience. Talking about upgrades. Yeah. For sure. Oh, and if, if we get all of our ducks in a row, we will have new indoor bathrooms by oh, the I tournament. That. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's another upgrade. pretty darn big. <laughs> that is another upgrade. All right. We're going to let you go. <laughs> uh, we didn't do stat or fiction. Yeah. What let's, the do the, let's do the very... Let's do the quick version as it is. I, I do want to get it in. Uh, here's my stat for you as you pull it up. There's been, and this was on Disc Golf Pro Tour. Uh, 2021, there were five, almost five and a half disc golf courses built per day. There you go. That is incredible. So these courses that are standing out ahead and have been here the longest are going to become an elite experience in a lot of ways. Ben, let's hit it. Stat or fiction? Let's hit it, Ben. ben. Stat or fiction <laughs> presented by Stat Mendo. Gotta change the name there. Steve is not uh Chantal and, and Juge and hold on. All right, go ahead, Evan, give it to us. All right. So uh Steve, you haven't watched the memorial yet, but I got a nice little memorial themed stat or fiction. Paul Macbeth has finished in the top five at the memorial each of the last 12 years. That's including 2022, the one that just happened this past weekend, which you may or may not know what happened. So that would be from 11 to 22? Uh, yes, if my math is right. That's a stat. Yes, 2011 to 2022, 12 straight years, Paul Macbeth has finished top five at the Memorial. Is there a year he missed? <laughs> that's the only thing I'm thinking of. Uh, no, that's got to be a stat. Memorial's his place. Memorial is his place. That is a stat. His, uh, he has finished fifth once, he finished fourth once, finished third once, and the rest have been first or second. That is crazy. Uh, and he is so lucky. <laughs> yeah, lucky. Uh, this event is no longer on the Pro Tour, uh, same with last year, but for 10, 12 years before that, it was on the National Tour and then the Disc Golf Pro Tour. It's been an elite season for most of that stat, um, so it's not like you know, Palm is both playing some random eight tier. It's still a very premier event, even if it's not on tour and it was on tour for most. All right. Um, number two, the 2022 Memorial was Kristen Tatar's first win in the United States west of the Mississippi River. Of her career in the United States west of the Mississippi River. First win. First win. Mm-hmm. Of her I career. think that's me. Uh, I say just based off of my quick thinking, was it not Des Moines? And you're talking like the elite, the pro tour, not silver series, any event, any event. Cause this was just an A tier. Yeah. Where was, where <laughs> just, was this other, just an A tier <laughs> where, yeah. Where was she that she won? Da, 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 da. Uh, I don't remember where that river goes. So I'm going to say, yes, that's what I'm going with. Does it make any left-hand turn? <laughs> I feel like she's she's won something west of that. I'm going to say fiction. All right. This is fiction. Oh, Steve got and it. if Good you job. know something about one of her wins was at the Preserve Championship last year. Yeah. It was when she really dominated the field. I think won by 11 or 12 or 13 strokes. That course is alongside the Mississippi River, just barely on the west side. Uh, completely on the west. 
Uh, every other win of hers in the United States was east of the Mississippi. So, wow. So that's an interesting stat. Oh. I don't know how you had to go so, find so that. So I out, got but. that right by about a foot. Uh, the river's pretty wide, so maybe oh, like okay. a half a mile, mile. Okay. I don't know how wide it is. Um, all right. And then bringing it back to uh, Mr. Macbeth. Um, he won the 2020 Memorial with an event rating of 1,074.25. This is the highest event rating of Macbeth's career from an event that's not a major elite or silver series. So like a non kind of big tour. He won this year, you mean? No, his career. Wait, For, he, he won the, he he won the Memorial this, yeah. this year. Ah, I haven't watched it. <laughs> Again. God. So wait, okay. So he won it this year with a round rating of ten seventy four. Average, an average round rating of ten seventy four point two five. That is that is true. That's the lead in stat. Uh, okay. That was his exact average he had just this past weekend. This past week. The stat or fiction is this is his highest event rating of his career from an event that's not a major or elite or silver series. Oh, so excluding all the all the tours, including okay. silver series. Has he ever averaged so, so higher not, at not, a non-pro tour? So an A tier or less. Not yeah. counting big events. Yeah. yeah. Has he and, ever averaged higher? Because the memorial is a small I'm gonna event. I'm going to say no. And I'm going to say yes. So wait, what's the stat? You, yeah. uh, you, so you have to say. <laughs> this is the highest one. So, <laughs> so this I'm is saying, highest so event I'm saying fiction. I'm saying fiction then and you're saying. Because Matt's saying that there's a higher one. So it's fiction. Oh, the oh stat, no, there's not a higher one. Okay. So you're it's saying. So you're saying stat. It is the highest. There we go. We got that figured out. All right. This is. Fiction. Yes, we tied He has up. one event higher, which is actually his highest event rating of his career. Wow. It's a 1087 at the 2019 Throw Down the Mountain in Florida. Wow. I remember that event. No, I didn't know that in my head. Yes. I remember that event it, in hindsight. It, I, yeah, I, I kind of forgot about it. His 2019 season's crazy. I think we always talk about his 2015 yeah. being yeah. very yeah. incredible when he uh, Grand Slam of majors, but 2019 was very, very good. Uh, he won this event by 14 strokes. It was just a three-round event by 14 strokes over Michael Johansson and Chris Dickerson, and then Calvin Heimberg was in fourth, losing by 17 strokes in a three-round event. Yeah, that's wild. I I just rolled the dice with he's played so many events, and he's not one to really shy away from the lower tiered yeah. events. Yeah. And you had to believe he put down some real so fire. So do we have a tiebreaker stat or fiction? Usually, I, I have a tiebreaker. If <laughs> of we course, do you it. do. <laughs> No, Evan but usually Evan does. Gets, you go ahead and do it. I'll, I'll get the bonus round. <laughs> yeah, you can give us one. All right. Um, yeah, I didn't prepare one, so I just got one. Hopefully, it's a good one. Uh, it's This is uh, whoever's closest, so it's not a, a stat or fiction. So was mine. Oh, All okay. Right, no. well, you can share yours after. Uh, <laughs> in a non-rude way. Um, how many... Sit down and be quiet. <laughs> How many wins does Kristen Tatar have in the United States? Any tier? Is this who goes first kind of a thing? Uh, yeah, you can't copy the other person, so. I'll, I got my answer down here. I'm showing Ben. It's closest, and it's not a go without going over rule, right? It's yeah, just, just closest. closest. <clears throat> if there's another tie, we'll do something else. I don't know. Five. Four. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> no, it's the over under or exactly right. Well, there is no tie here. Neither of you are right, but Matt is closer. This was her sixth, sixth. memorial. 
She won U.S. Women's in 2019. Oh, I didn't know she won Memorial. <laughs> well, you still would have been wrong because it was five. Yeah. Uh, I, I counted won, Memorial in my head, but I was off. Yeah. Yeah. She won four last year. Clash of the Canyons in, Mich- uh, in <sighs> Illinois. I wrote down Michigan. That's not true. Clash of Canyons is Illinois. I'm pretty confident. CCR in Michigan. D-Glow in Michigan. And Preserve in Minnesota. Wow. I don't like beating the guests, well but when it's Steve Dodge, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What's, what was your tiebreaker? So my tiebreaker was going to be how many of us finished our pints of ice cream? Ooh. And I'm saying two. Yeah, because I'm over here hiding behind the computer. <laughs> uh, I did not. I, I think it's two. Well, you, by you answering it now, I, I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure Steve's done. I finished, I think. Am yeah. I the tiebreaker? Did you get it, Ben? <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let me pull it up. Ready? Take the last bite. He can't Did tip I get it. it. He can't tip it. Ah. Oh, wait, he can't tip oh, it. Oh, oh. I think I see it. Just a little. It's like a quarter left. Yeah, quarter three left. quarters. And I got through an eighth. <laughs> so I was just running wait, the show over here. You did. You just barely ate it. Yeah, I barely right, ate. it. I want to yeah. take that home. <laughs> I've wondered if you refreeze it, it's got to be pretty bad. Wait, but yeah, you don't. Want I to will say, it. I hate chocolate ice cream, and because you said that one was your favorite, I didn't want to take yours, and I liked it. Nice. It was weird. I hate chocolate That's ice cream. That's the fish food? Yes. That's a very good ice cream. It was yeah. my first chocolate ice cream I've ever liked, and I'm astonished. Yeah, I bought, I bought five pints of ice cream. I honestly barely made it here. I was like, I'm just going to go home. <laughs> I'm just going to go home. Uh, wouldn't be the first time we were stood up, Steve. Oh, but. Well, thank you guys very much for having me. This has been so much fun. And I, I'm jealous that Simon gets to sit here much more often than me. You're keeping the seat warm for him. He's been yeah. busy as a dad. You know? Yes. That's, Congrats. Yeah, that is great for him. All right. Uh, Nick usually closes out the show. I'm not going to put that burden on Steve, but I feel like he's the other guy who'd be like, tell someone you love him and give him a hug or something like that. I want to close out the show with a story. You someone, can do that. Someone was recently asking me about, like, Steve, when the Pro Tour started, how, how crazy were things? And so when the Pro Tour started, uh, we're at the Tour Championship. The Tour Championship, right? And uh, Terry Miller and I uh, are, I, I don't know who the cameraman was. It was maybe Rick or Chad. And we're literally tethered in. And Terry's holding the mic in between he and I. And we've got our golf voices on. And we're being Valerie Jenkins from 45 feet. She needs this to pull into a tie. Okay? That's literally what I, I don't know exactly what I said. But I said, you can go back and watch this. It might be on DGN now. 2016, I don't know what round, but have fun watching those 16 hours of footage. Yeah. Um, it was about hole five or six on Fox Run. And Valerie literally turns around and says, Steve, I can hear you. No. <laughs> I can hear you. And I'm just like, whoops. <laughs> At which point she turns around about a 40-footer and drains it. That's awesome. Nice. I was so glad she hit that button. But that, that's my fun that's my fun fact of 2016 Pro Tour. That could become the way of the future. They have to have the commentators talking right behind their shot. They need to make this putt. This is a big putt. <laughs> they haven't been hitting these very often. There's a little headwind. She probably is going to aim low. Brought to you by <laughs> just sponsor read right before. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so that is excellent, Ben. You want to give the closeout? I I guess I can, I can try. You gotta you gotta reproduce, Nick. Here we go. All right, guys, this has been the Nick and Matt show. Thanks to Steve Dodge for coming out. Um, we appreciate him. Tell somebody you love him today. 
and then I'm going to put it back to Matt. <laughs> All right. That's right. Uh, ben, you're awesome. Steve, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. Let's go. Peace out. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.